The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Now we're talking. Yeah, boy. How's it going? It's Friday. Let her rip. Anything goes. It's only me. It's only the Kimmer. On 106.3 with Pete Davis, sidekick producer and sports raconteur extraordinaire and the mechanical mangler at the controls. Flounder, let it rip. Friday. We had a little rain. I think it might have stopped, but kind of a cool and nasty weekend ahead. But so what? It's Friday. There we go. Little misers and Tuesdays. Wednesday, I don't care, I hate you, but Friday, I'm in love. Yeah, we got a lot going on today. Oh, the, now the diplomats are afraid that we're making the Arab world mad. Oh, no, it's Fury from Arabs. Oh, my God. Well, it's also the Marine Corps birthday, baby. Lock and load, and all I can say is Saturday. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> yeah, shock it to me. Uh, all of a sudden, I'm getting fired. I was going to. I'm getting fired up. I'm just getting. I just. Oh my God! Just right now, I just got freaking fired up when I talked about. I got the Marine Corps birthday, and I'm. Oh my God! I'm, <laughs> this is unbelievable. Um, uh, uh, wow! And I, everything's been prepared since six o'clock this morning and last night. And everything too. And all of a sudden, right now, I'm just. Get, I, I'm. I, I'm having an emotional moment. I'm so sorry. <laughs> It's just the damnedest thing. It's Marine Corps birthday, uh, and, uh, and well, I'm going to have to take a step back. Uh, Pete Davis, how are you? What's going on in the mountains of Macon today, sir? What's up? Buck up, Marine. Come on. <laughs> I, 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 I swear to Stand God. up straight. It's the damnedest thing. I, ju- I just, I just, uh, I told, it's the damnedest thing. <laughs> I'm so sorry, and I've been, I've been, you know, I've been working on the show since last night. I did my birthdays and histories while I'm watching TV, and then today at six o'clock, I'm up and doing stuff till eleven thirty. Come into work, working away, and all of a sudden, boom! At three oh four, I start to say it's Marine Corps birthday, and all of a sudden, I get all whacked out here. It's the damnedest thing. I, I don't. I, it's the damnedest thing. Uh, actually, it's been. It, it's it's not terribly surprising given what's been going on in my life lately. This is. It's also. <laughs> Uh, the 10th anniversary, exactly 10 years ago today, that I had my heart attack. <laughs> well, in fact, I, got, uh, I, put, I put a video on uh, Facebook and Rumble and YouTube, whatever, of me actually uh, this morning fitting into my Marine Corps uniform, fully buttoned and everything, uh, which is I haven't had uh, that uh, on and buttoned since 1969. When I came back from overseas, I got discharged. <laughs> anyway, and uh, I heard I got so uh, hundreds, literally hundreds, maybe a thousand reactions to it, and so forth of, of well wishes and people saying nice things and uh, thank you, bless you, uh, service and th- stuff like that. But one of my I specifically remember Pete, you'll remember this. Um, uh, I had uh, we came back to work on November fifth. 
uh, and we worked Monday, uh, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th. Oh, no, no, we worked in, uh, November 4th. We came to work on Monday, November 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th. Okay, so Monday through Friday, worked five days. The 9th was Saturday. The 10th was a Sunday, the Marine Corps birthday. I went to the stable with my and I, to give my daughter Jennifer uh, my uh, Jeep I was driving to give to her because I was getting another car. And I gave that to her, took her on her way, started to drive home from the stable. I took her to the, see the horses, and I got on her way back to where she was living in Pennsylvania the time and got back in my car and drove about two miles and had a freaking heart attack. Uh, Ten years after working five days, I've been retired for six years. They hired us back, go back on the radio, worked five days and had a heart attack. I can only imagine. Of course, the boss has never called me. (laughs) They never did this. But you know they must have gone, oh, my God, what have we done? Anyway, long story, but uh, one of the uh, fun reactions I got to this morning from my Facebook posting was from Jennifer Perry, who used to be our, our our uh, hot chick news director when we came back to work uh, or uh, many, many years ago, and she said, oh my God, you almost gave me a heart attack 10 years ago today, which was always pretty funny. But again, can you imagine uh, coming back to work out of retirement five days and having a heart attack? The whole the whole I, administration. <laughs> yeah. the, the panicked look on their faces in the meetings we were having was hysterical. <laughs> I mean, they must have gone nuts. I mean, they just must have gone nuts. Anyway, what uh, are we gonna do? Yeah. And, and by the way, I don't, I, I don't want to dwell on this. We have a lot. Of, we have newsy stuff all over the place. But it's Friday, and frankly, I, I, if I get a little wacko today, I'm getting a little wacko today, and that's the way it goes. I'm also, you know, I, I, the problem is it also brings back a whole thing. So uh, here we go. I mean, we'll have fun. We're going to have a fun day. It's Friday, and, and uh, Flounder's got funny stuff. I mean, we'll, we'll have a fun time. But uh, for, the war- uh, for the record, guys, and women too, but, but guys especially, um, uh, 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 this is important to know. When I had my heart attack, I had no idea it was a heart attack. I thought it was the flu. I thought I had a really bad case of food poisoning, flu, you know, that uh, horrible feeling when you get, uh, you, you, you get uh, like cold sweats and horrible like uh, headache and things. And in and, and, and my upper chest, right just below, just below my neck, on the upper, upper chest, never felt anything near my heart. I felt a, a, a kind of a... Uh, pressure. I felt like I was going to throw up. I thought I, I felt I was going to faint. Uh, I had cold sweats, and I just really felt like I felt terrible. And I thought, oh my god, I think I'm going to throw up. But then I wasn't sure, and I started feeling bad while I'm driving. So Frank, so I, I just pulled over. It's on Alpharetta on the street, and Alpharetta, and I, I pulled over, and I said, well, uh, I don't know what's going on, but in case I pass out. I'm going to get out of my car and stand by my car. So if I if I collapse, somebody will see me. You know, if I was pulled over in a car and nobody, you know, was just sitting there and parked in a car someplace, no one's going to notice anything. But I was I was apparently afraid enough, as I remember, that I, if I passed out, I was afraid nobody would find me. So I, wanted, so I just stood outside my car for a while. <laughs> and, and then I said, well, this is stupid. So I said, screw it. And I got back in my car. That was Sunday. Now, Monday is Veterans Day. This is back then. Tomorrow's Veterans Day. But I, and that 10 years ago, the next day was Monday, a work day, and it was Veterans Day. So I didn't want to miss Veterans Day being on the air. So I went to work. I mean, I went home Sunday and I did my thing. I felt like crap all day and I was lying down. It was anyway. Monday went to work and people tested this. I, during our breaks, I was actually lying down a flat on the floor because I just I felt so bad. 
uh, and I didn't know what was going on. It sure wasn't feeling like a heart attack. So eventually Tuesday, my little friend Gretchen said, well, what's going on with you? And she drove me to the hospital, and they, and they gave me a blood test and said, uh, sir, you just had a major heart attack. <laughs> you should be dead. It was two days ago. Anyway, so God, the, the reason I'm saying this is I never felt it in my heart. If you are feeling really horrible, horrible, bad, and you're not sure what's going on, it is kind of an upper chest right, right below my Adam's apple, really a couple inches down below my Adam's apple in my upper throat, uh, lower throat, upper chest area was where I felt something going on, and that's what I, uh, that was what it was. I never felt anything in my heart. I never clutched my heart. I never had uh, heart pains, nothing ever. And the problem is, Again, so I'm giving you that. So if you feel something like that, uh, get get checked immediately. And here's the reason why: my cardiologist, Doctor John Atticaren, told me that if I had, if I, when I felt the heart, when I felt what was going on, if I had driven myself to the hospital, the chances are, oh, I'm getting. There's my daughter Jennifer, <laughs> and if I'm going to read this because I know it's, she's wishes me Marine Corps birthday stuff all the time. Oh, she's trying to call the radio station but doesn't have the number. She's waiting 35 minutes in my car. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I'll get this right back to her in a second. Um, so, again, the doctor told me if I had gone right to the hospital, chances are I would have had very minimal heart damage, very minimal heart damage if I had gotten uh, immediately to have it taken care of. Since I waited two days to get treatment for my heart attack, uh, a part of my heart is dead forever. Uh, and I'm still, I'm fine. I mean, I'm still, you know, I, I, in fact, I have another checkup coming up in a couple of days uh, and all this stuff. And I'm, you know, I have medication, stuff like that. But I, anyway, for the record, it, it never felt like a heart attack. And uh, if you feel it, take care of it, because if you do it soon, you may save yourself things. Sorry, I mean, to drag that so out. So now when someone calls you a heartless bastard, they're 80% correct? <laughs> Possibly or... <laughs> like 72% somewhere in that area. And, and in fact, I do, when he shows me, I get, when I get my EKGs every six months or whatever it is, um, he, uh, he said, well, here you see, this, is, this isn't doing anything over here. You know, <laughs> so, But the other part of it's strong. I mean, strong and fine. And I've, I've actually made an, in fact, when I took my, after the heart attack, he gave me a, 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 I used to be a runner, as you know, we've too much for. I used to run 12 miles a day and run marathons, stuff like that. And all those years when I was working out a lot and weight stuff and did a little running, I was really in good shape. Um, and, and then when I had a heart attack, when I, when he gave me a stress test, he gave me a, a, a treadmill test, a stre- you know, a, what do they call it? Stress test, a treadmill running thing. And, and after about the first 15 or 20 minutes or 10 or 15, whatever, and he says, okay, you can stop. He said, hell, this, you could do this forever. And, and it, in fact, I was doing so well that he said, well, we can just stop because you're, you know, it, it, everything's okay. So anyway, keep in shape, and if you feel something bad, go to the doctor. That, that Two things. Okay, uh, God, 12, 13. All right, um, uh, and the Marine Corps slogans, and again, it was uh, the Tun Tavern. We are our, uh, we were formed in a, in a tavern, in a bar, Tun Tavern in Philadelphia, 1775 on this day. Uh, and then uh, at the end of the Revolutionary War, we were disbanded for because they didn't really think they'd need us anymore for a while. Uh, and then we were uh, put back together again as a Marine Corps for the United States on 7-11, in 1798, we were gone in April 1783, came back 7-11 in 1798, United States Marine Corps. And like they say, you know, uh, freedom is not free, uh, but the Marine Corps will pay most of your share, so don't worry about it. 313 with a Kimber Payton uh, Payton Flounder. I'm going to call my daughter, give her the number, and uh, see what's going on. Happy Friday. Uh, Give us a call, 404-741-1230. Love to hear from you. Oorah, tomorrow's Veterans Day, too. If you have a story want to salute America, please do. Have a little fun this Friday. Look out. (laughs) Oh, that's not the right one. (laughs) But we can do that one.
We can do that one. Hold on, I gotta find it now. <laughs> it, it's only me and Charlie the Kipper, 318. All right, play it, play it. The legend lives on from the triple wall down. The big lake they call Gitchagoon. Tried to trick the Kipper. It was on this day in 1975. The lake it is a storm with winds of hurricane strength nearly 80 miles an hour swept across Lake Superior. It crushes the ship carrying a load of iron ore, the Edmund Fitzgerald and its crew of 29 forever memorialized in this song. <laughs> the wreck. Good ship and true was a bone to be chewed when the gales of November came early. What was that, Pete? I didn't hear you. 48 years ago. Uh, yeah, was that when it was? Yeah. Uh, 1975. Wow. Holy cow. Uh, quick birthday, Miranda Lambert, the formerly trample who was uh, cheating on her husband as soon as she lost all that fat and then got real sexy and then started cheating on him. So he got that other girl who was on the singing show, the blonde. Is that the one where they spin him around and don't know who it is or something? Or uh, they, they vote on who they want to be in a thing? I don't care. It's a fat. Miranda Lambert's 40. That's all I was thinking about. I mean, those are the silliest. Uh, well, sorry. I hear everybody else in the world likes them, I guess. So there you go. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, Superfy, Urab, well, how you doing? 320. Um, a couple of quick things. We're not going to do Marine Corps stuff all day. I won't, uh, believe me, I know how you would hate that. Uh, but since it, it's a reality and it happened, uh, my daughter Jennifer is, <laughs> is on the line. Hey, Clonkhead, how you doing? What's up, sweetie? Happy birthday, Marine. <laughs> Thank you, sweet girl. My daughter Jennifer. You mean the, you mean the voice? Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. I, I, now, do you watch uh, that show? I do now. I, well, I, I'm, I'm, I watch while they're funny, and then when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I, I don't know anything about those. Anyway, uh, Jennifer is uh, gets rabid every year between the Marine Corps birthday and the next day, which is Veterans Day, making sure that she has handmade cards that she takes care of uh, which is, and does a whole thing on them to, uh, to send me one for my Marine Corps birthday, one for Veterans Day. And I've gotten, I got them both and uh, opened them up, and you're a special. Special as always, sweetie, and I appreciate it. It's uh, it's uh, you're very touching, <laughs> and I appreciate your of memory. Of course, they're from me and Zach. Uh, well, there you are. <laughs> All right. Well, everything else okay for temporarily? And you got a big trip yeah, tomorrow. You're doing a big convention thing tomorrow in Colorado, and that's uh, very exciting for yeah, possible jobs. Yeah, my stuff. first Colorado convention. So we'll see how it goes. Outstanding, <laughs> sweetie. I love you. Um, I'm so proud of you. You've been uh, clean and straight and a role model for almost 20 years. And is it 20? It's 19 years, I think. Right? Is that right? 19. Yeah. Next year. Anyway, uh, God bless you, sweetie. And uh, hi to everybody. And give old doggy a, a hug for me. And I'll talk to you guys later. I love you, sweetie. I love you, Dad. Happy, happy birthday, and thank you for your service. My honor. Thank you, sweetie. I'll talk to you later. 321. Uh, And uh, we'll do one more. uh, Is that Craig from uh, our uh, Woodstock uh, Marine uh, Contingency? Craig is the guy who got me to start filing stuff for medical benefits for the VA. (laughs) And uh, by the way, Craig's also, he uh, uh, did the golf tournament uh, to raise money for the Marine Detachment, and he wanted me to be a guest speaker to talk to him. And Craig, I warned you, I'm a horrible speaker. I'm terrible, and, and I tried to get out of it. I said, no, 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 50 times, and you son of a bitch, you kept at me until I finally gave in, and I made a fool of myself like I warned you. Anyway, uh, I thank you for your service and for getting me to do some stuff at the VA, which has been a nightmare, by the way. But anyway, uh, God bless America. Semper Fi, and welcome, Craig. How you doing? <laughs> 
I'm doing well, Maureen, and that's a big negative. You are a hit at the uh, the event. You made the event, and everything that you had to say was all true and accurate. Well, Do not be afraid to speak your mind. That's the reason why I had you there. So I wanted to once again thank you for making the event so successful. We raised over $30,000 for five scholarships wow. for needy individuals and you were a big part of that well no, uh, you guys didn't one, no number. no you Go did ahead. all the work i didn't do squat you did it all man and your staff those people were wonderful up there i'm sorry go ahead i, I interrupted you <laughs> well we love you very much and i wanted to personally and publicly thank you for your appearance number two check this yeah. the semper five bar and restaurant is going to have a stupid party it's going on right now <laughs> in the parking lot there will be at least eight nine Marines in that parking lot enjoying brotherhood, fellowship, and camaraderie. Everybody's invited. That's in Woodstock, right? It's Separify Grill. It's it's, it's in Woodstock. Do you have the address offhand? I think I'll look it up. That's a negative. It's off of 92 yeah. and Canton Road. Yeah, they'll find it. They'll Supper Five Grill. And God bless America and you too, man. Give the little Urod all the uh, jarheads up there for me, would you? <laughs> Thanks, Craig. I really appreciate it. He was he, when the, he again. I try. I, he asked me to uh, give give a speech to this. Uh, it was a golf tournament to raise money for the Marine contention, and really just a great cause. And again, this is one of those small local groups that work so hard all the time. Of volunteers, I mean, it's, uh, you can't see enough about these folks. This is this is the old fashioned uh, uh, community involvement on a real small local level, and they did so much good stuff. Uh, and he asked me to speak, and I said, No, no, I, I no, I really. I'm going to have a thing going on. This was back when I was really having a thing or whatever. And he, he got at me so much, I finally gave in. But anyway, uh, all right, enough of that. Okay, okay, okay. Jeez, uh, we got so much. Um, uh, da, 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 I don't know where to start. Uh, well, you know what? What? Jeff wants me to get you all riled up. You all right. Here? Who's Jay? Yeah, go ahead. What's Jeff's got to say? Says there are only two real military services out there right now, the Army and the Navy, because the Marines are a cult and the Air Force is a club. <laughs> well, he's right about the cult part, but he didn't go anywhere near far enough. And by the way, Tug this morning on the morning show, the morning uh, the, the uh, AM anal team. Uh, I love those beautiful morning bastards. Uh, I always listen to them uh, for from six to ten. Um, and uh, Tug was was uh, saluting the Marine Corps. He's a, he was a Navy man. He was in the Navy and uh, served his country on ships and everything. Uh, and I don't know how they do that, by the way. Can you imagine? It's like they can put like four or five thousand sailors on a boat. Can you imagine living in the cramp? You know, they stack them up like freaking sardines. Four or five thousand guys on a boat? I don't think so. Anyway, so he was saluting the Navy, and he said, well, he said, no, uh, saluting the Marines. He said, well, you know now, the Marines are uh, a department of the Navy. He left out the fact that it's, yeah, that we're the men's department of the Navy. That's why we always have to make sure we add that. Uh, but, yeah, well, we're different. I mean, my sign here is, uh, I have a sign here in the studio, and it's pretty blunt, and it's pretty horrible. And the fact of the matter is that the, uh, the uh, I mentioned yesterday, the only reason to have a Marine Corps is not to load sandbags or to be crossing guards when the school gets flooded or something. It's to kill people and break things that's the ball game that's it that's it and, and you know and, and again i'm no tough guy and i'm no war here or anything else uh, but the fact of the matter is if you're a marine you're a marine forever and uh, and, and this still goes true by the way if oh, <clears throat> if i charge follow me if i retreat kill me if i die avenge me you know we take this crap seriously
And 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 why I, I've never uh, mentioned any personal stuff of me. I mean, I mentioned I was in the Marines. You know, where I've been overseas and everything else. But I've never told. I, I you know I got goaded once into doing it, but I've never told stories about me. I'm no war hero. I'm. I don't want to be. T- I've got no. I mean, I've, you know, everybody's got stories, but I've never told stories about anything. Only because and no one ever knew about me for years when I came back from Vietnam. Nobody in college knew I'd been in the Marines. Nobody knew anything. Nobody knew my first like three or four jobs. It's just we didn't talk about it. it was it was just it just didn't come. It didn't come up. You didn't bring it up. Uh, so when someone starts bringing up stuff to try to attack me or about people like that, it gets it gets kind of personal. So uh, I don't know why I just that that just had to come out because I'm getting a little shook up about this from the last thing that happened. Uh, but it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's uh, 3:27. Uh, this letter of Friday. We're having a good time. We got some musical stuff coming up. Oh oh, uh, the lady the, the the freak out airline lady who freaked out on the plane and went uh, viral and was Jesse she was Gomez. on she was uh, yeah she was on Jesse Waters last night. And you'll hear from her. Have we had another phone call? Yes, I was about to say, John is on the line, former Navy. Uh, Navy. Well, and, by, and by the way, John, welcome aboard and uh, ship ahoy or whatever the, uh, you know, aim, uh, aim high as Air Force. I don't know what, I forgot what the Navy slogan is, but I've never had a problem with anybody. I've never, I've never in, an, in any way ever uh, really done anything negative towards sailors of the Navy. I, if you serve in uniform, you are aces with me uh, and you can make fun of the Marines all you want because, you know, we're going to be there anyway and we can take it. So anyway, thank you for serving your country. And uh, John, welcome aboard. You're on the radio. All right, my um, friend. I'm the, I'm the guy that called you back uh, on 9-11. My, uh, my first cousin was the uh, director of White House Security in the Situation Room. I remember 9/11. that. Yes. And yeah. Retired. So, but, but to keep this light for everything, uh, you know, I've heard the whole men's department thing about the Navy. <laughs> but, you know, every ship needs a good contingent of Marines. We've got to have somebody on there to guard our ice cream. <laughs> Very funny. In fact, I heard Dunn, <laughs> I heard Dunn this morning, though, kind of turned it around when he said, you know, it's a, the story of the Navy is if you have a ship and it goes out with 4,000 uh, 4, sailors, uh, when you come back, it's got 2,000 couples. <laughs> so, uh, ouch. Ouch. Uh, of course, you know, the Navy has Marines because they need somebody to dance with on the boat, you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, now you've put it all in total context. Uh, John, Semper Fi, my friend, and thank you for your service, and God bless America. Let's and I salute all our veterans for tomorrow, tomorrow or any other day. Uh, thanks, man. Hoorah. I re- yeah. Happy birthday. Hoorah. Thank you so much. That's very, very kind. Uh, coming up uh, coming up on 3.30 shortly, I will also have... Uh, oh, Flounder showed me how to uh, get into uh, uh, YouTube. <laughs> I'm still learning how to work my freaking phone. And in fact, I have a doctor's appointment. They called me this morning, and she said, "Well, now if you want to pre-register, we can get the app over to you." To just, I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Can I just show up early like always and fill out the freaking forms for the 19th time?" She said, "Yes, sir. That'll be fine." I said, "Thank you." So I mean, no, no apps for filling out early and trying to get in an app to pay my con- my my copay. No, no, I just show up and hand her my stuff. Yeah, well, and- I'm Make it easier for you. <laughs> it's not easier. It's not easier. That's what I'm saying. It's way harder. <laughs> 3 Pete and Flounder. Look out.
The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. <laughs> Look out. 3.33, letter rip Friday, anything goes. It's only me, it's only the Kimmer with Pete and Flounder. <laughs> I'm trying to find where you are now, Harris. <laughs> Cranberries. Oh, okay. Well, uh, oh my goodness. Well, that's, uh, well, we have her in, she's in the news today, isn't she? Hold on a minute. How come I can't find my cranberry note? Three hours of show no, prep down the Oh, drain. wait a minute. Oh, here it is. It's right on top. I'm so sorry. Founder, I'm sorry, man. I'm, I, I, I'm freaking out. I don't know. I, I, honest to God, I'm just, I'm a freaking wreck right now. I don't get it. Anyway, Cranberries, Cranberries, uh, 2014, Dolores O'Reardon was arrested on this day in 2014 after an air rage incident on a flight from the United States to Shannon County, Clare. Uh, apparently, Miss O'Reardon was detained after she started uh, attacking a stewardess in the business <coughs> section of her Aer Lingus flight. That's Aer Lingus, in case you misunderstood. Uh, the Cranberries. Uh, <laughs> Center one kissed me down by the bearded barley. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 which is fine by me, maybe, uh, baby, but I, th I, I hope we're on the same page there. Anyway, it's uh, 334. Um, let's see. Birthdays include uh, Lou Ferrigno Jr. Remember, yesterday was Lou Ferrigno's birthday, and today is Lou Ferrigno Jr.'s birthday. He's 39. He is a rocker. He's, oh, he plays rocker on SWAT. So that's his son? Is that right, or am I getting this way wrong? That's got to be his kid, right? Junior, yeah. I've never seen that. Anyway, uh, and uh, let's see, historical note of some kind. Uh, here we go. Uh, 1871, a, a famous Scottish missionary and uh, uh, named David Livingstone was missing in Central Africa, but a journalist and explorer named Henry M. Stanley went looking for Mr. Dr. Livingstone, and he found him on this day with the famous words, What you talking about, Willis? On this day in 1871. So just in case anybody asks you. Uh, with a camera, Pete and Flounder, 335. 
I say what he said was, uh, what you're talking about, Willis. See, that's probably not really the the phrase that he said. <clears throat> anyway, uh, here's the number, 404-741-1230. Hold everything. we got a phone call with uh, Lewis on the horn. Hello, Lewis. You're on the radio. Welcome aboard. Hey, hey, yes, sir, Lewis. Hey. What's up, man? Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jarhead. <laughs> Thank you. Hoorah, Semper Fi, Lewis. What's up, man? Appreciate it. Well, I uh, I sent you guys some uh, some money back when you were begging for it on the podcast. We're still begging. We're and... just not getting anymore. So we're still... <laughs> we're still begging, believe me. <laughs> I thought you were getting paid for this. Well, no, it's, well, it's kind of an unusual arrangement, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Along with uh, along with the money uh, for you guys, I sent some carrot money too for uh, Jack. I remember but, that. Yes, you. I really and yeah. I was very grateful. I promise you. <laughs> and uh, I mentioned that I was a Hollywood Marine. Yeah, that's right. There, you tell them what that means. Well, I went to San Diego for boot camp uh, instead of Paris Island. Yeah. Boot camp. Yeah. 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 Instead of Paris Island, and. Uh, Evidently, back when uh, Pete was a professional surfer, he had been to MCRD San Diego. Yeah, his yeah. wife was in the and, Navy. And he thought, yeah, he thought it looked like a Spanish mission. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't get on the other side of the grinder where all the fun and games were being played. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and by the, the joke used to be they call you they call them Hollywood Marines. When, when you join the Marines, if you're on the east side of the country, you go to Paris Island. If you're on the west side, you go to uh, to uh, San Diego. They, they I, I think they still do that. I really don't know. Um, but uh, we, and they used to call them Hollywood Marines because the problem with San Diego, it's a big naval base, so there's officers and families all over the place walking around, and, and you don't have you know at Paris Island. If you screw up, if you're the blank bird of the platoon, and they and they uh, they take you to the motivation platoon for a day or something, uh, you spend a day oh, in the wow. swamps. Uh, I mean, at Paris Island, when you're getting punished, man, you I mean, you you get punished, and it's like you know you're you're at risk of dying because uh, the drill instructors in charge of the motivation platoon are the drill instructors who are so mean and so uh, <laughs> disciplined that they say, okay, oh, you guys go over and take care of the bad guys. You know, I mean, believe me, it's uh, so that's a big major difference. Which is there's all kinds of families and officers hanging around in San Diego, but you don't have anything like that at an actual swamp island uh, off the coast of Carolina. So, anyway. Well, are, are, you speaking, are you speaking from experience? Well, I've done, let's not, no, I was, no, I made a stripe. I was one of the guys who got to, uh, promoted actually on uh, uh, Paris Island, but we had a, we had one guy, I, I, I remember him very well. I, I won't give his name because he may still be around, uh, but he was, man, he was just our, he always did everything wrong, and there's always one guy, and they put him in the motivation platoon and when we came back from our daily activities and whatever it was late in the afternoon, he was standing in front of the squad bay at attention, and he was we couldn't even see his face. He was covered in mud and grass stuff and bug. I mean, it was I mean, you, it was just like one big blob of something that came out of a sewer. And he man, he was squared away real good after that because I mean, they just they oh wow. Anyway, <laughs> but not to me, not to me. But I got uh, I. I learned you know you don't want to mess around with these guys because uh, you're going to lose <laughs> anyway hey, Lewis, thank okay. you man Shepard Fi, god bless yeah. you and welcome home and uh, appreciate you service to marine uh, and happy birthday sure. Th- thank you birthday. thank you Lewis. 339 uh flounder i'm having to see uh is that alan or uh robbie i'm not sure alan alan, alan. is that alan. well uh, flounder's got a, he's got one has to pick because i don't have a control over the line in here 
Alan. And he's actually, Alan. he's on. Uh, Flounder Alan. isn't even listening. Alan. He's, he's talking. Yeah, we got Alan. Right now. Alan's on. Al, here's, here's Alan. You're Alan. You're on the radio. <laughs> What's up, man? Hey, hey, Kimmer. I'm Navy. I was walking out of the grocery store this morning. This old codger had a Marine Corps shirt on. And I said, happy birthday. And it just put the biggest smile on his face. And I thought, what other old codger do I know that's a Marine that I can wish him a happy birthday? Because it made me so happy to make him happy. Well, you know, honestly, uh, we appreciate I, I promise you, um, I, there's no inter-military rivalry in my heart. I, no, I whatsoever. Yeah, and, and I appreciate it. And when people do that, uh, honestly, it, it, it'll make your day and make your life and make everything better. Especially since... You know, when we came home, there was no uh, welcome home parades and parties and flying flags and stuff. Believe me, everybody shut up about it. Uh, so it, it's it's still even, you know, 55 or whatever years later, or was it 68 to 69 to whatever this is, 54 years. Uh, you know, it still uh, it still warms my heart. It feels good and uh, and uh, makes me happy, makes me proud. Well, I, I know you bring treats in every day for flounder. Yes, uh, I do. Did you bring him a cake today? No, I did not bring him a cake, uh, uh, but I did bring him his <laughs> chocolate cookie and some uh, Reese's uh, peanut butter cup things. <laughs> so, well, awesome. Hey, Happy Veterans Day. Thank you. Hoorah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Alan. 341. Uh, are we, are we sit up uh, so now we got Robbie. Robbie. Uh, Robbie, you're on the radio. Robbie, thanks for holding. Thanks for calling. Hey. What's up? Sure. Yes. Thank you for your service. Thank Here you. My great uncle and great aunt were dating during World War II, and he was in Paris. And he sent a black and white picture home with a letter, and she read it. And the picture, I've seen it when I was a kid. It looked like a big man standing there in the street in Paris and looked like he was holding a cigar. And she took it to church and showed it to everybody. Well, she forgot to read the writing on the picture. It says, here I am standing in Paris pissing in the street. Or it was peeing in the car. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, Padre. <laughs> Let us pray, Father. <laughs> it looked like a cigar, but it wasn't. I love it. I'll anyway. never forget that. She uh, took it showed it to everybody. I love it. Well, hoorah and welcome home to all our veterans. Uh, 342. Thanks, man. And Robbie. Uh, and who, who, I can't see who's And now we got Wes. Wes, Wes, you're on the radio. Thanks for calling. Happy Friday, sir. What's up? Hey, Cameron, I just wanted to call and say happy birthday and welcome home. And, uh, uh, no, I, uh, I always enjoy the show, but, uh, um, I had a bit of news for you. Um, yes, sir. Turns out we are sending troops to Poland. Uh, uh the, Buddy of mine, his unit is uh, is headed to Poland. Really? Uh, now, is this part of the, the uh, Ukraine uh, thing with Russia, and they're uh, in case Poland's next yeah. on the uh, list, kind of deal? Is that what he, that what they yep. that what he's thinking? Oh my goodness! Yep. Wow. Uh, and, and now again, I don't want anybody to get in trouble on anything, but what do, can you tell me? What kind of unit he's with? Is this? Uh, 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 no, well, he's in um, he's in transportation. He's. Uh, um, Logistics and yeah, stuff, and getting things yeah, organized. Yeah, driver, well, that makes so. sense. You know, in other words, if if it had been, you know, the first Marine Con, uh, Marine uh, Recon Division or something, you know, <laughs> that'd be one thing. But but again, well, that's still that's a sign. I think. Yeah, I I wonder if they're going to admit that. I wonder if the government's going to admit yeah, that for us. Well, uh, sure, he's uh, he's Army, but uh, um, yeah, he's. Uh, 
um, apprehensive about the uh, the situation over there. Yeah, so. I don't blame him. Now, is this uh, is there normally a, a, a contingent of soldiers in that, where he's going in Poland? Or do you know? I don't know if this unusual. Or I, is... I, I don't know all the details. Yeah. I just uh, I, I just thought it was interesting. Yes, so. it is. Well, I appreciate. It. We'll keep looking, see if we can find out information about. It. And thank you. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for the kind words, and best of luck to your buddy too. And a new raw for him, my friend. Uh, thank you. Three forty-three with a Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. Okie dokie. Uh, uh, by the way, the uh, Golden Bachelor was on last night. I thought it was. The, I thought it was the ending. When it said, you know, the, the the girls meet to talk about the Bachelor, so I thought it was the last one. It actually, the girls did meet to talk about him. He's picked the final two, but we don't find out wh- which one of the final two he picked for another three weeks. They're taking a break for three weeks after Thanksgiving, I guess. Uh, but uh, while I was watching the show, and again, it's driving me nuts. I, it makes me cringe and, and emotionally because I'm going through a whole thing with old being old and a lot. You know, the whole deal of it. Uh, and we've talked about it before. Don't talk some more. And while I was watching it, I realized that last night, not only was I getting all emotional about this stupid show about old people trying to find love until, you know, when they die in somebody's arms, um, but I went through two bowls of popcorn and three candy bars. <laughs> While I'm watching that stupid show. Anyway, uh, 344 with a Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. 404-741-1230 is the number. 741-1230. A couple of scandal things real quickly here before we take a little cowabunga. The Senate Judiciary Committee Republicans are saying that the Justice Department spied on congressional staff members while they were probing the phony Trump-Russia inquiry business and the phony uh, Russian collusion stuff. A former investigative and uh, counsel to Chuck Grassley said he uh, they subpoenaed his records of his phone calls and email accounts, as well as other House and Senate staffers while they were investigating what the DOJ was doing to cover up the Hunter Biden business. Talk about executive branch overreach. And that's not all. Also, the Biden team got away with that whole 51 people signed the uh, Russian intelligence business thing with a help the hunter laptop story. Well, you're in trouble for that, too. 345 with the Kipper Pete and Flounder. Look out. Look out. It's only me. It's only the Kimmer with Pete and Flounder. 351. And uh, you're on 106.3 Letter Rip Friday. Anything goes for the Stones. <laughs> 2014. The Rolling Stones faced a battle to win $12 million in an insurance claim. For concerts they postponed when Mick Jagger's girlfriend, Wren Scott, killed herself in March of 2014, prompting the Stones to postpone the tour of Australia and New Zealand. They had taken out a policy to be paid in the event shows were canceled due to the death of family members or others, including Scott. But underwriters said Scott's death may not be covered by the policy, I assume because it was suicide. And I think don't most uh, I think most policies pretty much exclude that. If I'm not mistaken, unless there's a special clause, I don't know. 
Um, I haven't had life insurance in so long. <laughs> yeah, life insurance for you? No, I don't think so, sir. Yeah, we'll come in and take your medical exam for you. No, it's not going to work. Uh, quick birthday. Uh, Tracy Morgan, 55 today, former SNL star, also plays Trey Barker on The Last OG on TBS. I've never seen it. And he was Tracy Jordan on 30 Rock, and he was great in that role. That 30 Rock was one of the one of my favorite shows of all time, one of the greatest uh, uh, 30, uh, what do they call them, uh, sitcoms of all time, I think. Uh, even uh, even the uh, scumbag brother Baldwin guy, Steve, uh, whatever name, Alec Alec Baldwin, uh, was his, was great in that role. He was mm-hmm. he was as good as you can get. He was as as good a comedic actor as I've ever seen in a role perfect for him. Yeah, it was really well done. So let's give him credit where it's due. You know he's an ass of a scumbag. Um, on this day, nineteen ninety three, uh, Marine Corps birthday. And speaking of Marines, John Wayne Bobbitt. In fact, I couldn't find the picture. I was trying to go to find the picture, and I forgot to look for it. It's down my basement somewhere of uh, me and John Wayne Bobbitt together when I had him on my show back in the 90s. On this day in 1993, John Wayne Bobbitt, the ex-Marine, former Marine, was found innocent of marital rape, which is the reason that his kinky little cute wife, Lorena, lopped off his uh, schlufenschlafen and then uh, took it. Well, <laughs> she grabbed it and took it into the car, went out for a ride, and threw it out the window. Of her moving car. <laughs> uh, she also was later arrested and then found innocent of the wounding. And John Wayne Bobbitt actually was uh, uh, got a uh, uh, what had a surgery to extend what was left of his stump and uh, started doing a, 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 vid- a movie video porn as Franken Penis. If I'm not mistaken, and he came, uh, he was uh, came to Atlanta, and he was on my show. We, we did a live shot with him somewhere up in Buckhead, someplace, uh, and just signing autographs and stuff. And they, oh my God, John Wayne Bobbitt. I've got a picture of me together someplace. I wish I could have found it. I was an idiot. Anyway, that was in 1993. Whatever I said. Uh, okay, now where are we? Four zero four seven four one twelve thirty. Four zero four seven four one one two three zero. The Justice Department uh, uh, being investigated for spying on congressional staffers, trying to hurt the investigation or trying to help the cover-up of the phony investigation into Donald Trump being a Russian agent. Also, remember uh, when uh, all those 51 guys, of the uh, the special uh, big-time Charlie security people, signed that letter uh, saying there's, uh, there's a pretty good indication that this is all the laptop from Hunter's all Russian disinformation and stuff. Well, those senior intelligence officials who said without evidence that there was Russian disinformation included the uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, who back then was not Secretary of State, he was the top uh, guy working for Biden, running for office. He's a political hack. That's who. That's your Secretary of State is a political hack. He was a fundraiser political hack for Joe Crime Family, and, and he. And here's the thing: uh, the, a conservative organization has filed a complaint that there was a coordinated communication and unreported contribution to the Joe Biden presidential campaign and related entities in violation of federal law. Remember, they tried to pull this on Trump. Well, here's what they've done. They, uh, the Biden people failed to disclose coordinated expenditures of the infamous letter of the 51 former people, all the classic earmarks, Russian disinformation, da, da, da. They should have reported that as a coordinated effort to help his campaign. And here's why. It included James Clapper, intelligence agency director, John Brennan, CIA, Michael Hayden, CIA, Leon Panetta, secretary of defense, all those guys. In fact, they were given money to the Biden victory campaign and uh, uh, the Biden campaign strategy, a guy named... Um, Let's see, the former, uh, da, 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 where's this guy's name, uh, uh, from the Judiciary Committee, 
uh, former CIA acting director Michael Morrell testified that he explained one of his two goals in releasing the statement about the 51 people was to help Vice President Biden in the debate and assist him in winning the election. In other words, they used that whole campaign as a political stunt to help a candidate. And they should have provided cover and credibility for social media giants such as uh, the New York Post and eventually where they had to disclose the story. And they used it for political purposes and never verified it, even though they knew it was absolutely true. They coordinated political operation to help elect Vice President Biden, a pattern of election meddling, uh, and they should have had to report it uh, about Russian collusion in a failed effort to elect Hillary Clinton in 2016. And they did it again in 2020, the same people lying about Hunter Biden. This has been going on since 2016. The Justice Department and the federal authorities coordinating the attack and doing it for free without claiming it. And they got caught. The guy said, we testified, yeah, we did it to help, uh, help Biden. They covered up the stuff and lied about that letter to help Biden. Uh, pretty much uh, boom, bang, poo. 357. Uh, let's see. Oh, they're at. Oh, oh by the way, just uh, you saw a, a headline here a minute ago on the news. Apparently, our uh, American diplomats are being warned that uh, the, Allah, the Arabs are getting angry. And, oh, my God. All right, what? What? What did I forget? God. Just, I'm a comedy bit, lighten the mood. Oh, jeez, all right, fine. Woo. And now a little something from Flounder's Funnies. And you will never see an Indian person committing a crazy crime. Like, when was the last time you heard of Indians robbing a bank? First of all, Indian people are so nice, and they're so sweet. And I can't see it. You know, you're going to rob a bank. You need authority. You need to come in there, guns blazing. I said, get your ass on the ground now. I can't imagine. Would you please take the money? <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm talking to you. <laughs> Forget this. I'm out of here. I don't need this. He gets in the car. His partner's waiting for him. Did you get the money? <laughs> they would not give me the money. Did you show them the gun? I showed them the gun. They better leave. They're going to call the police. They're still laughing. Where did you get the computer? They thought I was tech support. <laughs> <laughs> and who's that? Do we have a name on that? That guy? is, uh, his name is Ga uh, Gabriel Iglesias. Gabriel Iglesias. Excellent. <laughs> He's a pretty funny guy. Uh, 359. By the way, coming up, we'll talk about another, uh, another story on a UFO. And this one is from 20 years ago. And it involves UFO investigators and pilots and security officers, and it was a 100-yard long, red, glowing thing the size of a football field hovering over an Air Force base in California. And they're talking about it today, and we'll have the latest on that. Also, the uh, that little hottie chick... Uh, from the airline incident saying that guy's a, he's, an, he's an extraterrestrial on my plane. It was on Jesse Waters last night. You're going to hear from her in a few minutes, too, coming up shortly. It's 4 o'clock, Marine Corps birthday. God bless America. Veterans Day tomorrow for everybody who served and even thought about it. It's all right. There we go. 4 o'clock with a Kimber Beach Clown. This, I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I'm watching Fox News, and their protesters are everywhere. 
They're shutting down New York again, parts of it. They shut down the library, yes, I think yesterday it was or something. And, and they're, Well, a, a perfect example is this coward on right now. Every single one of them is covering their face. Yeah, in the Palestinian flag. Uh, I mean, it's just, I mean, there's thousands and thousands and thousands, and they're all saying, uh, you know, ho- uh, Holocaust 2.0, uh, stop the slaughter of Palestinians. You just heard it. You just heard our, our, our scumbag Secretary of State, the little pimp Anthony Blinken, saying way too many Palestinians are being killed. Well, gee, why do you think that is? Maybe because the people that they are uh, have elected or have allowed to uh, to control them uh, attacked Israel and knew they were going to get 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 fought. I mean, my God, they knew what was going to happen. This is all crap. It's all crap. And it isn't a war. There's no innocent civilians. There's no such thing as a civilian casualty. This is not. This is not war. It's killing. That's all killing and revenge and avenge. And I mean, that's the ball game. That's what it's about. And it's going to be over when one guy, one group says, okay, we're done now. We don't have more people to be killed. That's how North Vietnam beat America. Because uh, the the leader, the guy who has their museum of John Kerry's and Jane Fonda's pictures in it. And he said the reason we won was because we knew we could have a lot more people die in our country. And America would never stand to have that many die in their country. Hell, the Viet Cong and the North Vietnamese lost, what, a million, couple of million we lost, you know, too many, but still, I mean, they, you know, they could outlast us. And that's what these people are. It's unbelievable. You started this, you Hamas people, and now you're going to get it. So too bad you're dying. Well, you asked for it. Your people leading you asked for it. And, God, if I'd lived there and I'd been a peaceful person and, and, and Hamas started killing all the Jews uh, and, and knew you, I'd say, uh, gee, honey, I think we ought to pack up because guess what? Uh, they just attacked the Jews again. So, you know, they're going to come and get us. So why don't we go ahead and uh, try to sneak in some other country, okay? I mean, honestly, what, what the hell were they thinking? How would, how would anybody who lives in the Gaza Strip not know what was going to happen? I mean, come on, you're killing me. Plus, they all agree with it. What, what, what? If I was uh, Jewish right now, I'd be very afraid for the future because right now we're teetering with this government that we have is trying to decide whether they want to completely support Israel or not. They're wavering because of yeah. all the Arabs that live here now well, and all it, the Muslims that live here. Imagine the future because all the youth now seem to be anti-Israeli. So the next generation is going to be totally pro-Muslim and anti-Jewish. I would be very afraid if I was Jewish right now. Well, we got Anthony Blinger just said, well, there, there were way too many Palestinians being killed. We have to make sure that they are they are not killed, and then we get all the aid to all the poor people and Pal- the Palestinians and so forth. I mean, my God. It's just unbelievable. This may be the last United States government that fully supports Israel. And what a, again, what a difference in uh, four years ago. I mean, it's just yeah. Uh, how- Move, we moved it to uh, Trump moved it to Jerusalem, and you, you know what? We've heard a lot of stuff. We're going to lose the Arab world. I've heard that since the 1970s. Every time we did something, we're going to lose the Arab world, and it never happened. And you know what's even worse, Pete, is that actually the the, the problem is that it's not that they're afraid of losing the Arab world. The politicians are afraid of losing the leftist vote. And and when they get challenged by that scumbag Tlaib and all of her ilk and and, and, and that coalition of Jew-hating, Arab-loving murderers uh, and threaten the president of the United States, you know, we're going to take you. They're afraid. They're afraid of losing, especially now because Biden's being creamed at all the latest polls. 
polls in all the key states, in all the swing states. He's losing by 20 points in most of them I, I'm, on all but two of the issues. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But again, it's all political. When when Tlaib and all the and, and AOC, Ocasio Bang Bang, Stupidity, and all the rest of them said, "We're going to remember this at the polls. If you you know if you don't back off, this is the Israeli people slaughtering innocent Palestinians. Business you're doing, you're not going you're not going to get our vote." So they say, well, there are too many Palestinians dying. That was, you know, boom, bang, quid pro quo. The leftists said, if you don't do something to cut off the slaughter of Palestinians, we're not going to vote for you. And then the next day, Anthony Blinken, the secretary of state and the former political hack for the Biden campaign, says, well, we're having too many Palestinians killed. And we got to make sure the aid gets to the people who need it. <laughs> Which is the number one argument that not one Palestinian refugees should cross our shores. Not one. No, no, Jordan won't take them. Egypt won't take them. Saudi Arabia won't take them. Not one of them should step foot on American soil. Well, you have to wonder what they believe. What, what they're. I mean, why would we want them here if they're the kind? Of, I mean, I, I they're, they're not wanting to be Americans. No, they don't you know, want to be British. They don't want to be Western. Well, it used to be that we would let people in. In fact, wasn't it? Isn't immigration is supposed to be? Uh, I mean, I understand the fact that if you are a refugee and you're in a civil war in Biafra or something, and and thousands of people were you know needing to flee the country or something because of an actual thing that's going on. I mean, that that's one thing. But basically, if you want to immigrate to America, there there are certain used to be at least certain standards where you you had to be able to prove that you you know why you wanted to be here, what you could do, can you take care of yourself, do you have family, do you have I mean, do you have a job, do you have a career. Uh, in fact, wasn't there a program? Didn't Trump have a program where uh, they made sure that we got the cream of the crop? Basically, the more you qualify for stuff, that you get to the top of the list. Uh, 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 Think of all those people in Africa and Europe and Asia that waited for years to get the proper papers to come over, and they turn on the news and they see every Venezuelan scumball from the prison just walk over the border. Yeah, all 25-year-old able-bodied males mostly uh, just saying, "Yeah, just, we we're coming to America." Oh, are you beaten as uh, for your entire life in Colombia? Where you? No, no, we just want to come to America because we know we can stay here and get free stuff and get a job and vote eventually, get a car and license, all that kind of stuff. It's like by the thousand million by the millions anyway uh 409 409 marine corps birthday uh 404-741-1230 741-1230 tomorrow is veterans day and if you want to uh, join us and maybe talk a little uh, something about veterans day or what you may be planning or if there's something special in your community that's going on you'd like us to know about uh and if people have plans for veterans day i usually try to hit at least one uh, cemetery or and i there's a uh uh, a uh, American Legion post right near me where I live, and I usually do something over there and do a couple things. But uh, anyway, if you have if you have a comment about it, we'd love to hear from you. Four zero four seven four one twelve thirty. A little bit more about this here. The media once again. Uh, this is the reason why this kind of stuff is happening. I've mentioned before that uh, this cartoonist Michael Ramirez is uh, has been in the past known as a uh, conservative type uh, uh, cartoonist for sure. He takes a lot of slams on Donald Trump, without no question about it. But he came out with a cartoon uh, in the Washington Post, and it was uh, he's in the, the Al Jazeera constipation frequently, and he, he's a very creative guy, very, very clever guy. I like him a lot, even if I disagree with him. Uh, but he had cartoon today, and it showed, uh, he, he does great drawings, too, and it showed basically a, a Palestinian Hamas terrorist leader with all his garb and all that kind of stuff, holding little children in front of him, uh, and he was uh, uh, you know, basically saying, uh, uh, telling Israel to stop the slaughter of innocent children or stuff like that. But he's using them as human 
Shields. I mean, obviously. Well, uh, the Washington Post has now apologized over that cartoon. Uh, and here's a comment on the apology. The apology is the, is, is, is the mistake, not the publication. Artist Michael Ramirez makes a powerful point about what's really going on in Gaza, using the Palestinian people as human shields while blaming Israel for the result. Indeed, he writes, the terrorists savor every innocent killed as Israeli moves to eliminate the terrorist group that slaughtered 14 of its civilians, along with mass rapes and the kidnapping of 200-plus hostages it holds and is also using as human shields. The opinion editor, David Shipley of the Washington Post, said the cartoon was seen by many readers as racist. Though the drawing is simply and plainly a caricature of an actual Hamas spokesman who celebrated the October 7th terrorist attacks across southern Israel. The paper pulled the cartoon off the website, is publishing a selection of responses to the caricature. This retreat simply encourages those objecting to a message, in this case Ramirez's, to uh, cry racism so as to censor it and to intimidate anyone who agrees with Ramirez into shutting up. You know their slogan at WAPO, the Washington Post? Democracy dies in darkness. Well, no Shinola. We're saddened to see it surrendering to the dark side. Typical. And they're afraid of offending the Arab-loving Jew haters. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy smokes. Be you careful cowards. who you let in your country. Yes, Jeez. be careful who you let in. And they can, and again, if you look at the news, I mean, I, I, every time I turn on Fox News, there are thousands of, of demonstrators with signs saying, stop the Jewish slaughter of innocent uh, uh, Palestinians and stuff. And it's just unbelievable. I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Even, and I really hate to see this, even John Fetterman, there's a meme going around, a little video of him going around. The other day, I guess it was yesterday, there was a, a, another protest of people saying, uh, you know, we hate the Jews and they're responsible for slaughter and stuff like that. And while they were doing their, uh, they were waving for the Palestinian flags and so forth, there's a video of uh, Senator John the Thing <laughs> from Pennsylvania uh, wearing his, his is a hoodie, a sweatshirt, and shorts, by the way. United States Senator. The man's a, 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 just a disgrace. So he's uh, to the boos and the jeers from the uh, ceasefire activists uh, yesterday afternoon by the Capitol. He, he comes outside waving the Israeli flag, looking all, uh, you know, happy and real smart ass, and he's showing them something or other. I mean, give me a break. Fetterman, the Senator of the Thing from Pennsylvania. Uh, 414. All right, we got more. We got some actual stuff coming up here. The Kimberpeed Flounder Marine Corps birthday. Hoorah, Semper five, my friends. Hey, Frankie, where are you going? I'm going to Hollywood. Nineteen eighty-four, Frankie goes to Hollywood. Went to number one in the British chart. I All right, so I played this last segment, but we never got to it, so. I know. <laughs> be careful with this song. Why is this coming gonna be a bad part coming up? It's all about you know, release. Oh. Well, relax. Go do it. 
I remember the song, but I remember I, I didn't know that was a theme. Listen to it. All right. All right he says, oh, all right. Well, okay. When you want to arrive at your destination. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 421 when you want to arrive at your destination. AT4, <laughs> uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, set a new record for advanced orders. Over a million copies went to number one, the British chart, debut album uh, to the Pleasure Dome. Also on this day, Frankie Goes to Hollywood made their debut appearance on Saturday Night Live, performing Two Tribes and Born to Run. Uh, Frankie on 1984. Well, there you go, Frankie. Uh, let's see, a birthday of note, um, Donna Fargo. <laughs> Good morning, sunshine. <laughs> Wake up, sleepy head. Y'all love waking up next to me as I love waking up next to you. A little country gal, Donna Fargo, happiest girl in the USA. 82 years old today, okay. and I asked, and I have on my magic music stick, Flounder put that song on there for me. And, in fact, I was thinking about it today. I didn't bring it in. It's in the car. Uh, but when I took a, I, I'm making a note. I'm going to also have you put on there one of these days. Um, the... Um, uh, who's that little chubby fat girl got married and then got divorced and made number one one of the uh, American Kelly Clarkson. Idols. Kelly Clarkson on uh, uh, the, uh, uh, something about her first kid. Never a moment like this. A moment like this. I love that song. Uh, and also, it's it's in my octave. I'm I'm an octave lower than she is, but it's the same key, which is rare for me to have the same key an octave lower as as a singer, so I can sing along in the car with it. How weird is this? I don't hear Donna Fargo's name in decades. And yesterday we were talking about her because she's the lead interview on David Ray Skinner's Southern Reader magazine. He called up yesterday. Who called up yesterday on the air. Yeah. <laughs> it's, is that amazing? I mean, it's unbelievable. It's very strange. Yeah. Uh, kind of a funny day. Uh, anyway, 422, the Kimber Pete and Flounder. How's it going? Let it rip Friday. Anything goes. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, although I think it stopped raining. We had rain for a while. It's kind of dark. It's kind of cloudy, but not, anyway, whatever. And it might, might, might not be a happy weekend. looks like it's going to be colder, a lot colder, and maybe some uh, wet stuff. But whatever. Um, uh, we all have each other, my friends. I may, I may clean the joint. I, I, I may start throwing stuff away. I've got to I, I, I do something. I've got to get my act together, man. I'm a freaking wreck. Uh, 423. Air Force officer. Oh, we're going to hear from the, the plane lady here in a minute. Air Force officers breaking his silence now. On an event that happened 20 years ago, uh, contractors working for Boeing spotted a gigantic floating red square UFO over 100 yards long hovering over a launch site at Vandenberg Air Force Base in California. 2003 it happened. In sworn testimony this past Congress, uh, July's uh, Congress, the uh, former Air Force security officer came forward to detail his official investigation. He said this is not a joke. Uh, he was on a podcast describing what happened. He revealed a second reported encounter with this so-called Red Square. Two of his fellow uh, uh, Air Force police patrol officers got buzzed by it. He said, when I showed up, it was mayhem. Everybody's excited. They're scared. Everybody's freaking out. I'm getting ready to jump in the car uh, with a retired fighter pilot. All of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. They start screaming over the radio. It's coming right at us. It's coming right for us. It's right here. It's right here. I couldn't hear anything. They're screaming and yelling, screaming. They're really scared, going crazy. And then the never-before public sighting that's being offered now uh, recorded in a police blotter. Uh, released, uh, which is at a place now which is leased at Vandenberg by Elon Musk's SpaceX uh, company. Uh, he says these guys are trained observers. They post it out there 24-7. They know things. They know what aircraft are and stuff like that. The object just uh, flew off. Uh, 
He interviewed a whole bunch of people about it. They all told the same story. Uh, basically, they, it was an object came in, moving strangely, got bigger and bigger and brighter, high rate of speed, flew right up to the entry point, stopped. They looked at it, stared at it, and it was gone. Big red square about the size of a football field, floating over the launch pad, red and glowing at very low altitude, like a flattened square. And there were at least 80 people who were there, contractors, cops, security officials, and all of a sudden, he's, now he's coming out with the official. Why don't they just tell? I mean, we know that there are four. I, I mean, is there any doubt that there are creatures who are way adva- more advanced than we are who are here? I mean, do you doubt it, Flounder? Pete, anybody doubt it? They're called Albanians. Huh? (laughs) I don't think they're, you know, Chinese researchers with experiments. I think they've got to be from another... There's no way we can be the only living element in the solar system. If if there if it's by the way, especially if it's if there's such a thing as infinity. I mean, we we can't even understand what that means. We literally don't have an answer for it. You know how I know that they're more intelligent than we are? Uh, How's that? Because you can have a meeting with somebody and talk about what you're going to do in the next segment, and then three minutes later, that person can completely forget everything you discussed. As just happened five minutes ago. Well, now we're going to talk about the other lady, the viral plane lady. And by the way, she's freaking hot. I'm sorry. <laughs> she, you know, she's a turn She's a hottie. Uh, she went viral uh, screaming about another passenger on a plane she was on not being real. Her name is Tiffany Gomez. She turned heads with her video walking down the aisle of an American Airlines flight screaming, I don't give two blanks. I am telling you right now that m- m- a malefactor, <coughs> a melon farmer or whatever she is, uh, is not real. Uh, millions of people around the world speculated what she really saw, some kind of UFO creature of some kind. Uh, maybe she was witnessing paranormal activity on the plane. Uh, she later clarified she was just using an expression after having some kind of an altercation with another passenger. Anyway, she was on uh, Jesse Waters last night, and her name is Tiffany Gomez, and uh, here she is. <laughs> so at what point did you realize your life was about to change? Pretty quickly, um, as soon as I left the airport, I think panic set in, and I went home, couldn't relax. Obviously, it was just pure terror of like what what's going to happen next, and I couldn't fathom the amount of times this would get reposted and retweeted. And I knew it was going to go viral, but I didn't think it was going to go that viral. <laughs> okay, what did you see? I, I did not see anything. You didn't see anything? No, I wish I did. It would have been a way better story. <laughs> you didn't see anything? Then what were you saying that mother effer isn't real? Yeah, uh, the language. I've been working on that. Um, I was, it was talking to a specific person um, that I had an altercation with. It was just a figure of speech. Not a good one, you know, but when you're worked up and you're spiraling out of control, you're not really like thinking your words clearly through. Oh, trust me. I know exactly what you're talking about. I never think through what I say. Probably should. (laughs) So there was an altercation with a gentleman? Yes. And what did the gentleman do? Legally, I can't get into all of those details. Oh, are you suing the gentleman? No. no. Is is he suing you? No, but it is not um, advice to be talked about. Okay, so it's something we can't talk about. Yes. But he's a bad guy. (laughs) I don't know him personally. You don't know him personally, but he did a bad thing. It was an altercation that 
um, oh. I felt really uncomfortable in the situation and I needed to depart the plane. Okay. Obviously, you have to assume it was something sexual or is hitting on her or telling you doing something so offensive that she freaked out. Or was she on drugs? Maybe, uh, well, maybe she's having an affair with a married man. A very pot. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, uh, we might see her on a rerun of Cheaters or something. Who knows? Anyway, <laughs> she, uh, she's a hottie. I mean, and, and again, you know, a crazy chicks are a turn on. I mean, Pete will confirm that for you. You ever had a crazy oh, chick yeah. flounder ever have been with a girlfriend that was just freaking nuts? I wouldn't say a girlfriend, but I've somebody you've dated. This year, yeah. Now again, I was briefly. A, yeah, I, I, I was a crazy magnet there for about twenty years. <laughs> oh, I got a couple of stories, but I'm not going to share them. <laughs> you met one of them. Uh, oh yes, I did. I right, hold everything. We got news in a break. Which way you want to do? News, news. What's up? Oh, my God, dude, we finally remembered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is supposed to be 10 minutes ago. Oh, well, it's all right. Uh, the, it's uh, something we'll talk more about in sports, but the Big Ten has done and gone and done it. They have suspended Jim Harbaugh for oh, the rest man. of the regular season, less than 24 hours before the big game against Penn State. Michigan is countersuing. They're going to go to court to get a restraining order so he can keep uh, coaching. This is going to get Holy. nasty. And, again, I don't understand why you can't see another team giving signals and tell your guys what they do. It's not Don't. stealing. It's right there in, in front of you. You can see it. It's how they did it. I think it's how they did it with him going on the sidelines and going to other games. What, and him, What difference and does it make? Well, you're not supposed to do it, and Harbaugh was, says he didn't know about it, which is, to me is complete BS. Well, yeah, anyway. But right, it's well, happening in the Big Ten, which yeah. never happens in the Big Ten. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, there are no SEC, you know. Uh, but then who is? Uh, 4.30, Kimber, Pete, and Flounder. Here we go. Here we go. I love this song. And the part they go, da, 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 da. What's a frequency, Kenneth? 1980. The reason this song happened because of Dan Rather. But first, play the music. Right. Instrumental. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, is this all instrumental? <laughs> Here's the real one. Okay. Hold on a second. What's a frequency can at the show? Been so trained. Here we go. Frequency Kenneth. It was on this day in 1980, CBS News anchor Dan Rather was screaming through New York City in the back of a cab, claiming he had been kidnapped. 
turns out he just refused to pay the fare in <laughs> a fight with a driver. At, and, and, and I forgot what the, for some reason, this was re- related to the, I guess, was he going into some kind of a, a cycle thing? And the, the, the I, I forgot exactly what the whole, per- but it was some kind of a cycle event with Dan Rather. Uh, and uh, they came out with a song. And uh, did he say, was he, he claiming? He claimed. He claimed some guy grabbed him in an alleyway and kept asking him, what's the frequency, Kenneth? Yeah, that's what it was. I forgot to remember where it was, uh, and, and that, that's where the song came from. But what a, what a fruitcake. He was an ex-Marine, you know, former Marine, a reservist, not a full-time oh, Marine. But. Morley Safer used to tell stories of him in Vietnam that he would walk in uh, after being out in, the, in country or whatever, embedded in the troops, and he'd come back in in full fatigues with two pistols strapped like he's George Patton yeah. and walk up to the bar at the hotel with the pistol still on. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to love it. Uh, 348 with a kiver feet and flounder. Uh, hey, it uh, looks like they're pushing back in New York City. Oh, good. About time. I mean, got more protests again today by the thousands. Where are all these people coming from? I mean, this is especially, well, it's unbelievable. They're everywhere. Uh, Columbia has suspended two anti-Israel student groups for threatening rhetoric and intimidation. It seems these groups, as kids will do, they kept pushing and pushing and pushing until finally an adult showed up and says, no, you've got to knock this off because now you're threatening people. And thank God one somebody's finally stood up and told them to stop it. Yeah, the, pro- the only problem is all that means is that the groups do not get an official sanction or recognition. It doesn't stop them from protesting or doing No, no, know. they can't hold any more of these, <laughs> these things because they kept telling them not to do it, and they kept doing it, and they did it again yesterday. Today and finally, the school says, "Look, you can't, you you can't be here doing this anymore." So hopefully, it means they'll start arresting him if they show up again. Well, that, and you know they're going to keep pushing the yeah, envelope. Yeah. So what we're going to see is now it's going to be turned into official protests, and then and the cops are not going to arrest them. They're not going. They won't arrest protesters. I mean, uh, but again, I'm glad they did it. Uh, two group, two student groups got suspended. But I guarantee you the protests are going to continue. I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Every time I turn on the freaking news and they're talking about the Hamas and Israeli situation, it's just thousands of protesters flooding all over the place, college cities. and I mean, the, the library they got them the other day in New York, they're all over in New York right now, waving fl- Palestinian flags. I mean, it's unbelievable. God, I, I, I've, again, if you're Jewish, how can you vote for a Democrat? These are all Democrats. Not one of them is a Trump supporter. And they all threatened uh, the current administration. They've threatened your own Democrat administration if they don't start supporting uh, Hamas and the Palestinians. I mean, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got these enclaves in Michigan and Minnesota uh, who basically have put these barbarians in Congress. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, we, we know Minneapolis and Minnesota, is uh, their, their entire culture has been changed. Uh, 440. Anyway, we got my. Let's do a little uh, uh, more uh, sort of an amusing uh, moment here on the Marine Corps birthday. And again, if you're looking for some Marine Corps slogans you want to put maybe on your son or daughter's uh, bulletin board to get them fired up when they get up in the morning. Uh, for example, uh, let's see. Here we go. Here's one for you to put on your kid's bulletin board in case you, you wanted them to join the Marines one day. My prayer is that when I die, all hell rejoices that I am out of the fight. And put that for your little boy and girl on their little bulletin board when they wake up in the morning and have kind of a thought. Something to think about, you know, for the rest of the day. Fighting for your country, stuff like that, you know. Uh, 441. What? 
<laughs> With a camera repeating flounder. Horrible news. <laughs> Taylor Swift has canceled her show in Buenos Aires. What? She says because it's raining. When do you ever cancel a concert because it's raining after her boyfriend, Travis, flew down there to be with her? I think she just wants a little nook in the hotel all wait, day. Wait, wait, hold on. She had done multiple concerts in the rain when she was touring in the U.S. Wait a minute. I've got a, the story in front. I have right next door to read. Exclusive. Travis Kelsey arrives in Buenos Aires to see his lover, Taylor Swift, kicks off her Eras uh, tour, Eras, Eras, uh, Eras tour in Latin America. Uh, private plane. He got out of the thing. Was the only guy out of the plane. Two o'clock. Boom. But he bombed all this kind of stuff. So she canceled the concert when he showed up? Like, wow. Well, <laughs> about she a says alert. there's <laughs> heavy rain and lightning going on, uh, and it's a little known fact that Argentinians melt in water. This so. is true. Well, actually, I can see it. I mean, if there's lightning, Well, you with can't lightning in the rig she has, yeah, there's all kinds of safety yeah, not precautions. Only that. I mean, again, this uh, is... It's safe. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> she does like a three-hour show, <laughs> too. Chances. I mean, yeah, I, I can see where that would... Oh, well, that's too bad. Uh, there had been speculation whether Travis Kelsey was going to do it. He's got the week off. It's their bye week. And so he uh, flew down to be with her. And I mean, this is amazing. The, the story, here's how they cover the story. Uh, photos show Kelsey leaving the airport shortly after disembarking, wearing a beige cable knit sweater, green baseball cap and khaki cargo sweatpants, and a pair of Salele Benberry Crocs that retail for $85. <laughs> The, the headline in the Daily Mail <laughs> is, It's Raining Men. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love it. Anyway, uh, he spent, uh, uh, let's see, she uh, took the stage for her first show t Thursday night. Uh, he was uh, spotted supporting his teammate Patrick Mahomes at a gala event for the quarterback's charity in Kansas City. Uh, made a trip to his girlfriend last night. He left last night. Uh, and uh, anyway, so uh, well, let's go. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of keep you updated. But again, they're together, and it, maybe it's there. Maybe you know, uh, good for them. Uh, and I, I think I think she appreciates being a girl. I think I, th I take her to word that she has said it herself. She's you know, finally feels not not so much like a business, and just well, likes being feeling like a girly girl. You know, have, kissing a guy in the cheek and putting her arm around him and holding hands and doing girly stuff. So good for her. It's kind of like my. Uh, <clears throat> my car. Uh, oh, here we go. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, Pete mentioned this the other day, and I mentioned that a fact that I've actually had some uh, experience with this kind of thing. Have you seen maybe on TikTok or social media, as much as TikTok is a Chinese communist plant, Passport Bro is a hashtag that American men are familiar with if they are trying to find a wife and they're sick and tired of trying to find one in America. The men are called Passport Bros, a viral movement referring to men who travel overseas to find a more traditional wife. Uh, the hashtag has 114 million links. Uh, the popular destinations for the Passport Bros are Latin America, Asia, and Eastern Europe. They uh, rely on stereotypes about foreign women. More likely to be submissive or prioritize, uh, prioritize family. Uh, for example, the, one of the heads of this organization says uh, Southeast and Asian countries often seen as places women are raised with a strong sense of respect and commitment to family. Eastern European women perceived as embracing traditional gender roles. Latin America, a place where warmth, passion, and family values are also prevalent. Uh, and, I, well, I can tell you this. Most of the guys who would do this are looking for a woman who's not quite so uppity as the American chicks these days. <laughs> Let's say it. 
I mean, uh, they're saying, no, these American, I'm sorry, these American freaking women, boy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a conflict sure. of genders, and American women are much more, uh, much less approachable. Uh, okay, Cupid has seen a 50% increase in cross border connections. Uh, one poster, a guy, 28 year old guy, said he's been broken up by so many rejections of women's standards are insane. He said, I've been hearing about the passport bros to look for a wife across the sea. I hear stories about it's like a fantasy. Uh, nobody's perfect, but I can approach women without worrying about what they're going to be like. Uh, and by the way, a number of black guys are saying they're traveling now for this passport bros business because they're fed up with racism they receive at home. Uh, one guy says uh, foreign women are just better the way they get treated, uh, treat you overseas, especially as a black man. You get treated with respect and they actually got love for us. It seems uh, more of it's based on negative perceptions what? of uh, U.S. black women what? by black guys. That's what he said. I'm, I'm sorry. Black men are running the entire popular yeah. culture now. What are uh, they talking yeah, about? Uh, yeah, this one guy must not must be. Uh, uh, the nickname is Tiny. Uh, 445 with a Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. <laughs> Look out. Four fifty, ten before five. By the way, I apologize. Swatum was on the line, and I I didn't get to him to get on the air. And it's my fault. I, uh, I my computer screen. Uh, Flounder answers the phones in his booth and takes care of everything, writes down stuff, and, uh, puts it on the screen, stuff like that. My computer screen, if I don't do something with it, goes black uh, after a while. So sometimes. it refers to it falls asleep. Falls asleep, yeah. Uh, so I, 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 I didn't mean to be a racial about it. I, <laughs> <laughs> the thing turned black on me, ladies and gentlemen, and just stopped working. It's incredible. Uh, anyway, so that, uh, it was my fault, Swat to him. So if you want to call back to, at some point later, uh, you're probably busy doing stuff. But anyway, uh, let it rip Friday. Happy Friday. I hope you're having a great week ahead. May not be great weather, but what the hell, it's still, you know, you're on the right side of the grass. 404-741-1230. 741-1230. It's only the Kimmer. Uh, Chaka Khan, Chaka Khan. Uh, we got work as a 1984 former Rufus singer, Chaka Khan. Was it number one on the British chart with I Feel For You, written by Prince? If, oh, what was that? Let's play this. I Feel For You. That's what he said. That's the title. Anyway, written by Prince, featured Stevie Wonder on harmonica right there. <laughs> Uh, Stevie Wonder and Monica, and where was I? I lost my place here. Uh, and uh, uh, the rap was by Grandmaster Mel, Melly Mel? Melay Mel? I don't know. The repetition of Khan's name by rapper Malay Mel, or Melly Mel, at the beginning of the song was originally a mistake made by the producer, Arif Mardin, who then decided to keep it. Well, let's play the beginning again, Flounder. I'll see what they're talking about. Uh, uh, Repetition of Khan's name. Well, no, I, I cut all that out because oh, it's like... I got you. I got you. Okay, no, I'm sorry. Well, because Kimmer likes to hear the lyrics and stuff like yeah, that, so yeah. that, it's like a I've, minute. I've two minutes before you get into it. Okay, sorry about it. Anyway, that's uh, Chaka Khan, and, uh, and that's your music, and so now we're done with that part. So there we go. Uh, a quick... All right, I'm just learning this, okay? I've never done this before. <clears throat> uh, Sinbad's got a birthday. Sinbad, uh, the comedian-turned-actor, Sinbad is 67. He was coach... Whatever happened to him? He was coach Walker Oates on A Different World, 
and he's 67. I don't know what he's doing now. If he's, uh, but it says he used to be a comedian, and then he is. I don't know whether he voluntarily did it or just stopped being funny, or I don't know. I have no idea. But you're right. I haven't seen him uh, in, in anything in a long, very long time. Uh, he was a huge hit for a while. Uh, and on this day, it's Marine Corps birthday, 1775, uh, born in Tun Tavern in Philadelphia. 69 years ago, in 1954, the United States Marine Corps War Memorial with a statue of the group of Marines raising the flag on Iwo Jima. Actually, it was the second picture, the second raising. Uh, that memorial was dedicated in Arlington, Virginia in 1954 to honor the Marine dead from all wars. On this day, uh, let's that see. Wasn't, uh, yes, what's that? The, the Marine stuff. The Marine stuff wasn't part of the barbarians desecrating monuments up there, was it? <laughs> Are they that stupid? You mean like yeah, like the Democrat? Yeah. Well, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, boy, I would love to. You know, I would love to. Yeah, I, I'll bet you. I'll bet you. Someone said, you know, let's go get those soldier guys." And someone said, "No, no, 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 no that's a Marine." <laughs> I'll, bet, I'll bet they were thinking about it. Oh man, what I love to, you know, honest to God, there had been, there had been hell to pay. I'd be in prison. I would be in prison. You know, there are some, some mountains. Well, I shouldn't say it, especially because it's Marine Corps birthday and hell. I, you know, I got arrested and had to go to a court uh, after the, on that Veterans Day scuffle with that scumbag who spit on me. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, the poor baby had to go to the hospital and have surgery. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so this kind of stuff is pretty important to me. When you do stuff to a Marine, I, in hell, it was the year before I was the damn Grand Marshal of the Atlanta uh, Veterans Day Parade. And this idiot protester had the balls to spit on me. Well, <laughs> okie dokie. In fact, I would have killed him except two cops pulled me off him undercover cops i didn't know they were cops at the time i didn't know till we all showed up in court together after i got arrested anyway <laughs> so anyway sorry just having a happy hey, memory hey. here <laughs> what's that by the way if if you had two flounder coughs on your bingo card you're you're oh you got oh, the over and under was two <laughs> uh three uh four fifty five four fifty five with a kibber feet and a flounder uh we have holy crap of sports coming up we have flounders funnies coming up we have do we have a Skynet and uh, Pete's tweets and all that kind of stuff? Everything, I guess, whatever yes. we want to do, right? Um, and uh, I, I haven't even talked about the Golden Bachelor on last night and uh, how <laughs> insane I am about this whole various uh, thing. But we'll get some stuff. Also, there's a, a kind of a cute story, and it, uh, I don't know how you feel about it, about Michael J. Fox. He has now come out in public. Uh, he's been talking to reporters. I think it was on uh, CBS the other day. Michael J. Fox says if, if his wife, Tracy Pollan, or Pollan, I'm not sure you pronounce it, Tracy Pollan or Pollan, uh, his actress wife, if, if she had had an affair and decided to step out on him because of his Parkinson's disease battle in their 35-year-long marriage, he says if she had stepped out on him, he would have forgiven her. No problem. I love Tracy, obviously, an amazing person, has gone through a lot. I realize she has a life separate from me with the Parkinson's, from my being Alex Keaton or Marty McFly. She's a person. I think the way everything has gone okay. Of their marriage, uh, she's indicated to me by saying, for better or worse, in sickness and in health, able to get through it and go through it with me, and she has for 35 years. We knew the bus was coming, and we knew it was going to hit, but we didn't know how far away it was or how fast it was going. That's his uh, disease diagnosis. The pair celebrated their 35th wedding anniversary a couple of months ago. He says, we can find ways to give ourselves a break, give ourselves credit for going through life on life's terms. You have to stop and say, it's not that bad, it's not that bad. Their essence of uh, the absence of fear is faith. 
Yeah, Michael J. Fox has the foundation for Parkinson's research dedicated to finding a cure. Anyway, he says if she'd wanted to cheat on him, he'd have let her. It would have been okay knowing what he's gone through. Uh, well, wow. A bigger man than I. Uh, 457. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, uh, Pete saw this the other day, um, and we didn't get to it until they changed the headline. Uh, oh, oh, wait, hold on a second. If we, uh, uh, the story is about a millionaire biohacker. He's a, he's a million, million, millionaire. He's 46 years old, and he wants to change the age of his uh, schlufenfluffen. Uh, Big Al and the Twins, he wants to uh, 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 reverse age his Flahukakukin uh, by 15 years using shock therapy to his uh, genitalia. Anyway, we'll get, hold on, is that our, we have our mystery phone call founder, is that our uh, special uh, mystery uh, comedian? Uh, gee, I wonder who this is. Uh, hello, welcome aboard, you're on the radio. <clears throat> hey, I'm Christian Wally. Hey, I Pr- know I just lost all of my recordings I had. I know it's kind of kind of strange because my you know my phone is having some issues my Uh, storage it's been running on the rapid my old phone but i'll do some little photo work do some voiceovers like scott shannon and the uh ray taylor and also johnny and the johnny and the boils well give a little example sure you know Uh, no. What's a movie again? Oh, my God. What's that? Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead, yeah. So, Scott Chan will be coming, and Ray Taylor, and Jack Diamond will be coming to uh, do some ramping about what happened to the Washington Knicks. 107. Wow. 107.3. Oh, 106. Yeah. Wow. And so they've been doing the route. Oh, there's some music. I can't. Oh, oh, my God. I can't believe we have to stop. We could have could have gone for another half an hour, probably, I'll bet you. But, you know, I can't. My cheeks are already burning just from the, you know, trying to crack the smile from the, where my teeth are stuck on my gums just from the, just the hysterical part of it for the thing. And it's all coming up at 5 o'clock. We got flowers. Holy crap, it's sports. And uh, I got to come. Calm down now, man. So, uh, it's a uh, Kim Repeat of Flounder. It's at uh, 5 o'clock, man. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. 
Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President Stacy Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Also happens to be the United States Marine Corps birthday. Uh, oh, what was that? Did I do something bad? <laughs> nope, we have a lady on when you're ready, uh, Julie. She wants to talk about the Golden Bachelor. Oh, boy. Okie dokie. <laughs> and, boy, did I, was I in a bad shape watching this whole thing. Well, we'll get right to Julie here in a second. Uh, in honor of the Marine Corps birthday, I got a couple of slogans that you may, uh, may or may not have heard before. For example, one of my favorites is, uh, let's see, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Except a Marine, a Marine will definitely kill you. <laughs> so it's kind of just for the, you don't want to mess around with too many things there. 404 uh, 741-1230, uh, 741-1230. We got all the new, the late Columbia University has spent it to student groups. Uh, we'll talk more about, uh, by the way, the reason they did that is because another billionaire said, screw you, and dumped off the board. Uh, just the other day, another billionaire said, Columbia, you're on it. All the college people are losing billionaires because they're not standing up to the anti-Israeli uh, people. Uh, anyway, and also uh, the gangs of kids now in New York are spray-painting swastikas against the uh, Jewish people and rooftops of buildings and stuff. They're looking for them. Anyway, we've got a whole bunch of stuff. First of all, I met, earlier today I mentioned uh, we will definitely be talking about the Golden Bachelor, uh, and it was on last night. I thought it was going to be the end of it, but it was, it, it was only where the women came on, the, except for the last two that he has to choose between or among between, I guess it is, and uh, that won't be for. They t- took it off the air for, uh, I think, three weeks. But anyway, it was on last night. And here, uh, Julie, welcome to the program. Happy Friday. Uh, where you do watch the show, and what did you think? Hey, Kimmer, this is the Kimmer Bay from the '90s in Atlanta, but I live in Birmingham now. Excellent. Well, it's great to talk to you, sweet Julie. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so, um, you've been wrong the whole time about this show. You've been wrong. Did you hear him all last night? He gave him everybody hope. And you've been saying it's 
Well, well, you know, uh, let's well, let's review. Let's say, for example, here's here's what I meant. For example, I've got to put on my little uh, reading thing here. Uh, last night, uh, the lady Joan, who uh, I would describe as a, a very uh, classy, uh, a, a, a blonde woman, just really, just I really uh, uh, respected her a lot. She was one who had to leave to go help her daughter, who had just had a baby and was having some trouble, so she left the show. She came back as part of it, and she talked about. Uh, a couple things were important to me, which is, for example, the fact she said uh, she wanted to try to find love again because in our society, when you get to be a certain age, you become invisible. And people tend to look at you as uh, you've already had your life and you're not really important to us. Uh, and that's a thing that people in my age bracket have uh, have experienced. I, I, when, I got re- when I retired, went to Florida, I could tell you 50,000 examples of times when people, friends of mine, people I was actually associating with, uh, who just uh, at some points thought that I was invisible, uh, even though... We're looking for something else. Ellen said uh, he made her feel young again. He made her feel special. He made her feel uh, that the the love she hadn't known in so many years had been ignited. Uh, But then she didn't get the rose, and she's reliving all the things about how she wanted to be in love, and uh, she didn't feel it again. And uh, the good news, I think what you're referring to as the good news was uh, that some of the ladies said, at least I I felt like I was falling in love again and that I'm worthy of falling in love again. Uh, but right. this but this, but that same lady, I'm thinking, I think it was Ellen who said uh, she was one who had the 60-year-old, 60-year-long uh, friendship with a woman who was dying, and the woman who was dying, her best friend dying, said, "I want you to go on the show and try to get on the show so you can find some happiness so we can share the happiness together." And then when, when she was on the show and went home to see her friend who was dying, she was in a semi-coma, and and she said she stayed alive long enough to share the show, even if we have to watch it together in different places. And man, they were all bawling by then. I mean, it got, it was, everybody was crying and crying and crying. Uh, Joan was said, uh, uh, she, uh, uh, the lady from Georgia, that uh, the uh, black lady, was, I liked her. She was cute and sweet and funny and happy and everything. And she said uh, at least she was motivated more than ever to try to find love. But they, it, but it also just seemed so disappointing. Joan said, "After you, I now I want to crave to try to find somebody." Those were all positive signs. Uh, but then uh, the lady at the at the end who did not get the rose, uh, she was in hey, the limbo, and she, hey. yeah, she said, uh, "I felt numb." She said, I can't figure this out. Uh, maybe it's all in my head. You know, I wanted to marry this dude. She even said, uh, maybe it's just not in the cards for me. And, and, and she said, you know, after 20 years, she wanted to go all in, uh, and uh, she was shattered by it. And she went from being so happy and way up high to absolutely having nothing. And, and, and that, I think that's where, I mean, it's probably just me because there's something, yeah, my, I, I had kind of a bad turn in my life several months ago, whatever. And so I'm <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, I don't want to get personal because it's not a, it's not a thing. But it was just, you know, a, a bad thing about the whole love late love thing. Uh, and so maybe I'm taking that stuff more personally into my heart because that I mean, that's that that's what I was struck by is that, you know, you, you think you got it. You're all set to go. And then, oh, my God. And then it's over. And there's no way that it's going to happen again. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. And now you you tell me uh, how you were feeling, what you thought, and why you felt uh, a much more positive impact from the show last night than I did. Yeah, they just kept talking about how hopeful they are to try to find somebody again, and it kind of woke some of them up to know that they could go and date again. I thought it was awesome. Now they have to pick the Golden Bachelorette, which I think might be the black lady. 
Oh, oh, are you gonna do that now? I didn't yeah. know. Oh my! <laughs> oh really? Oh my God! Yeah. Oh Lord! <laughs> oh <laughs> now! <laughs> oh, I yeah, trying to act like they're you know they're still playing tennis and they're real macho and uh, <laughs> oh God, this is gonna be awful. It's <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's even yeah. worse? What's even worse, Julie? Is I know they're gonna. I I will not watch the Bachelorette. I'll watch the Bachelor with a see with the girls who were the first one to cry and the first one to get in a cat fight, stuff like that. But I hate to watch the, the Bachelorette woman because then it's all these macho guys trying to out-macho each other, and it makes me mad. It makes me feel, oh, yeah, you're trying to steal my girlfriend? I mean, it's just, you know, it's just a whole manly macho thing. I cannot watch them. But I'll probably, if they have an old Bachelorette, uh, I'll, I'll probably watch that just because, oh, my God, is I that going to be... I know you love these shows, so I don't know why you say you don't. But I know you love these shows. But who do you think out of the two is going to pick the little... The I, I hope... Uh, oh, it can't be that Teresa. She, I hate her. I just, I don't I like anything know. about her, huh? Hey, sir. I know. I, love, I, don't, I want the other one to watch together. And I thought but for, I, I thought, Julie, I thought for sure that the only reason he picked Teresa as the uh, as the kind of the final group of five or whatever it was, was because the producers, I, I thought, must have told him, you've got to pick Teresa because she's the troublemaker nobody likes and we need the drama to continue for the entire show. But that, So I figured he was going to send her loose. I figured he was, she was going to be the last one to be kicked off uh, as the third one. And instead he picked her for one of the two. I can't believe it. I, I can't, I, I, can't, I can't believe, believe it. No, no, I can't believe it. Oh, well, boy. Now, I'll have to see what happens next week. Yeah. The, the Bachelor's going to be wild with all these old men. Oh, man. I, oh, and by the way, did you now the show right after that is uh, is called Bachelor in Paradise. I have not, I've only seen, uh, I watched about a minute of it, and I turned it off immediately because it made me so angry. The Bachelor in Paradise, it obviously is a bunch of beautiful people who are all cheating on each other and trying to sneak around having a love affair with some other hot, beautiful person uh, against someone else's wishes for their... I mean, it's just, it's just like when they had uh, Herpes Island, Temptation Island, where they're all trying to see if they could steal somebody's girlfriend. And it's just, I mean, why would you want to go through that? And how could you watch that? And it reminded me of some beautiful girls cheating on me? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I'm not, not going to watch this, but I'm going to watch the new backstory. But I, don't, I can't watch them when they make out. I just can't do Oh, it. I know. And that's the thing. When he started kissing them, and I'm thinking, oh, no, I don't want to see it. I just don't. <laughs> I mean, you know, who doesn't want to kiss a girl? And I'll bet you want to kiss a guy, and I love to kiss a girl, but still, I can't watch them. I do not want to watch those full people making out. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, God. I'll call you next week when he picks you wins. Please do. Please do, Julie. It's great to talk to you, sweetie, and uh, and enjoy the thank, thank you. Have a great day. Thanks, sweetie. 513. You're very sweet. She is so sweet. Hey, I'm blowing a kiss to Julie. Just for you. Three of them, actually. Anyway, Holy Crap of Sports is coming up. Flounder's Funnies. We got stuff. We got things. And it's Letter Up Friday, man. Have a little fun. What do you think? Look out, look out. No better friend, no worse enemy. 517, Marine Corps birthday. It's only the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. I have one football-related uh, Hall of Fame-type history note. But first, the real stuff. Holy crap, it's sports with Pete Davis. The Big Ten has suspended Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh for the remainder of the regular season disciplining the program under its sportsmanship policy yeah. amid the ongoing NCAA investigation into the school's in-person sign-stealing ring. 
The third-ranked Wolverines at 9-0 head to number 10 Penn State, 8-1, for a critical road game on Saturday. If Penn State does what they always do, they'll lose, but we'll see without Harbaugh there. (laughs) Now, Michigan was found to be in violation of the Big Ten sportsmanship policy for, quote, conducting an impermissible in-person scouting operation over multiple years, resulting in an unfair competitive advantage that compromised the integrity of competition, end quote. They say yeah. it's against the university, not Harbaugh, but I don't see them suspending the university for the rest yeah. of the season. Well, they cancel the program. If they were coach. real serious, they would take away the program, not the coach. Oh, they're not ever going to do yeah. that. It's right. Michigan. Exactly. Uh, he can still coach during the week, but they can't be on the sidelines, or he can't be on the sidelines on Saturdays. So, of course, the school is already going to court to get a restraining order to stop this before tomorrow. So, wow. as we here in the South say at the <laughs> SEC, and as Lane Kiffin has pointed out, <laughs> yeah. get your popcorn ready. <laughs> I know. Oh, this only happens. Yeah. 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 So tired of the Big Ten running its mouth yeah. a bunch of losers mm-hmm. that's my opinion we welcome you not the fans the fans no, no, are great fans are wonderful fans all the schools well yeah uh right as we went off air yesterday the silver slugger awards were announced and ronald acuna jr austin riley and matt olson all won for the braves in fact the bravos won the first ever team silver slugger award for the national league how about really that? outstanding well yes. it fits man they, they were doing this all year yeah. outstanding what well, well, that's wonderful that's really a great tribute good for them the rangers won in the american so it's a good year yes, it's a really good year for the rangers yeah uh d orlando ledbetter of the atlanta journal constitution mm. he covers the falcons mm-hmm. has written the most frightening twitter post <laughs> in years <laughs> I hope you're sitting down. I'm sitting. May you want to cover your ears on this Uh-oh. one. I hope you have some sedatives or Uh-oh. something around there that could calm you down. Oh, boy. I don't know if, what, if there'd be anything in the studio there that you might be able to, well. to just, you know, calm your nerves. Yeah. or I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, it reads, yeah. could Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray be auditioning for the Falcons? Oh, please, God. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no. Luckily, there's a stuffed animal of uh, Ugga, uh, a Georgia Bulldog mascot over in the couch. I'm going to go put him in my lap here in a minute to hug him. God. Oh, go spoon him. Why would you want to? Can you ima- Oh, please. Who, why would he's he even bring loser. that name up? Oh, my God. He's so horrible. He's just, and he never plays. Oh, yeah, he'd be perfect. That'd be the perfect oh, move. The Falcons God. go get that loser. Oh, please. Oh, and that Munchkin loser to that. Just no yeah. to the no to the hell no to the nth no. Yeah, the runaround quarterback guy that's not, you know, unless you're really special, that's not the thing anymore. I, I Seriously, he can't see over me. Yeah. Anyway, wide receiver Drake London will play Sunday, but Matt Collins and D. Alford are out for the game out in the desert. A very scary injury for Virginia running back Paris Jones last night and their loss to Louisville in Louisville. Mm. He was hit as he fumbled the ball. It was picked up by a teammate and run in for a touchdown. But the Cardinals training staff immediately ran to his aid as the Cavalier staff came running from the far sideline. Jones was placed on a stretcher, taken to a hospital. Uh, last I heard, he's moving his extremities. He's what what happened? How, so was he hit in the head or something? Or what, what, what was he the hit? He got hit in the head. Pretty, and it was immediately. He got hit in the head. It wasn't a dirty play. He just hit, got hit hard, I yeah, believe, yeah. and went straight down. It, wow. They immediately knew something was going on. It was pretty bad. The guys were crying. They were on their knees. Oh, boy. And he's supposedly doing better now at the hospital. So all, that's right. all cool there. Uh, Monday, by the way, the one-year anniversary of the shooting deaths of three Cavs football players. 
players, so they have already had a lot to deal with this last year. That's right. 11th-ranked Louisville would rally to win the game, but Virginia head coach Tony Elliott, to me, I think he's the ACC coach of the year just for getting those kids to play again, and they've been Mm. so close in so many games. They're Mm. like 2-8 and now, Mm. but they've been very close in almost every one of their losses. Mm. Uh, Can I interest you in North Texas at Southern Methodist tonight? Southern Methodist. I knew a girl who went to Southern Methodist. Yeah, I'll be interested in that one. A little flashback memory of some kind. Mm -hmm. uh, How about uh, Wyoming at UNLV? Uh, Wyoming. I've been through, driven through Wyoming and seen wild horses and wild buffalo. And so I will pick Wyoming. I, I'm with you. I'm for Ryan. Mm-hmm. So yesterday, some idiot on this show, yeah. no need to mention any no, names. No, no name on the show. Said the Hawks were playing in Orlando last night. Yeah. This was right after the aforementioned idiot read a story about a mural painted in Trey Young's honor in Mexico City to commemorate the team playing there last playing night. there instead of Orlando. But no, we're now moving on, Kimmer, no, from that mistake. Hey, we're moving on. Ge- what's geography? Share- How many people know geography? Yeah. Give me a break. Seriously. It's not geography. It's more about memory loss. Memory, basically what we're geography, about. sure. But I'm here to share the glad tidings that the Hawks won the game over Orlando, not in Orlando, ah. in Mexico City, 120 ah. to 119, and Trey had 41 points. Wow. So it, that Good mural is actually beautiful. Excellent. Uh, but there's a controversy surrounding a recent Hawks promotional video on the Internet. Have you heard about this? I have not heard about this. Seems they've copied the OnlyFans page. You know that sexy Oh, my page? God. That's a pay-per-view yeah. to go watch girls take their clothes off and do stuff. Well, I heard. I've heard. Des- yeah. The Hawks decided that the best way to try and get their fans to care about the in-season tournament was to seduce them. Oh, boy. Uh, the Hawks uh, dropped a promo featuring their mascot, Harry the Hawk, yeah. lying down provocatively on a bed and rubbing his hands, wings, up and down his body in a black and white video while a woman speaks in a seductive voice. Oh, my God. Now, thankfully, Harry keeps his uniform on the whole time. Otherwise, it really would be a little blue here. <sighs> uh, here's what she says, and I'm going to do it in her voice. Okay. Only Hawks fans know where the real action is. Uh, mm. Only Hawks fans know what they really want to see. And only Hawks fans know just where to get it. The all-new NBA in-season tournament. Join in and wake up your wild side. Oh, my God. And it has only fans up in the same script that they use on the porn site. Or semi-porn site. Now, almost instantly, oh. a visceral reaction <laughs> from social <laughs> I was gonna media. say, Wow. Uh, Hawks uh, player Trey Young and DeJounte Murray voiced their displeasure. Uh, here's what Trey wrote. I had no part in this. <laughs> I know nothing. Good. Uh, oh, my God. He, he had a face palm emoji and a laughing emoji. DeJounte wrote, man, delete this blank. <laughs> Other reactions range from confusion to disgust with pleas for them to get rid of the video. But I got to tell you what, we're talking about it. Everybody's yeah. talking about it. I find it rather amusing, even though Harry the Hawk and I have had our differences in yes, the past that have right. led to fisticuffs at one point. But I'm telling you, I think it's very uh, funny, and it's it's thinking outside of the box. So congratulations well, to the Hawks. I'll be darned. Uh, I, 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 they're trying to appeal to a younger audience? I mean, what are they trying to appeal to? They they don't have to worry about that now, do they? They're trying uh, to get a black to, audience? I mean, they don't have to no, get... No, no, they what do you mean? Uh, it's not racial. I mean, it's, no, is there, it's, I, I don't understand anything about this. For Hawks fans, why would that? I don't know. I who think they're, they're trying, trying to appeal to people like you who've only heard about this. You well, know, maybe. I've never I, seen the thing. I guess. I guess. <laughs> 
<laughs> heard it from a friend. Well, I've researched, you know, a book, a book and book learning. Yeah, you know. yeah doing a, writing a book. A book doing research. Learning, yeah. Yeah. That's always a good excuse. Oh, I've doing a used it many times. Hey, it worked for Pete Townsend, <laughs> but anyway. That's right. Happy birthday, 1964. Keith Lockhart, infielder for the Braves and Royals, born in Whittier, California. You know oh, who was born in Whittier. Yes, I do. Tricky Dick. That's right. That's right. I've been to his, uh, was it, presidential Museum? library? Yeah, library. I, yeah. I didn't go in. I just pulled into the library, said I was there, and then I left. There, there you go. <laughs> uh, not so happy death days, though. In 1992, we lost the rifleman Chuck Connors. Chuck Connors, who was an athlete. Yeah. That's right. Rifleman in one of my favorite shows that lasted like half a season, Branded, How Do You Know Your Man? That's right. Uh, and also a show called Cowboy in Africa, which I never heard I of. I never heard of that either. Branded was a great show. It was. Branded and that, Rifleman. And he, Rifleman, yeah. He was a pro basketball and baseball player. I think Was it the Dodgers or Cubs organization? He was well, I, can't, I think Dodgers, but that's just back of my head. I, don't, I couldn't be positive. But I remember seeing pictures of him also when he did some... Movies work of some kind. They were not. Uh, yeah, please. Uh, that's, you no, know, no, that, that's, that's what they not, said. Uh, corroborated. No, no. In no. 1998, the Braves trade pitchers Denny Nagel, who did the train whistle, was yeah. I can't. Oh, do. that's right. Oh, my God. I forgot. And about Rob him. Bell and outfielder Michael Tucker to the Reds for second baseman Brett Boone and Mike Rimlinger. Mm. Uh, 1950, 17 months after nearly being mortally wounded by an obsessed fan's rifle shot to the chest mm. in a hotel room. Mm. Eddie Wakeus is named the Comeback Player of the Year by the Associated Press. Now, why is this? First of all, this incident, the in natural 50, it changed my life. It, it, this, way, this incident with this woman, this crazed fan, shot a man in 1950, is why I'm talking to you today. Well, How well, weird is that? Well, what do you mean? Tell the story. Because Bernard Malamud heard the story, wrote the book, The Natural. Robert Redford read the book, wrote, uh, wrote and directed and starred in the movie. Uh, basically changed the end of it, by the way. Yeah. Changed from the book. I saw that movie. I saw how the audience reacted when I was living in San Diego, and I thought, you know what? That's what I want to do. I want to make movies. And that's why I moved back home to Atlanta to finish uh, undergraduate. Then I was going to go back to film school at USC. Huh. But I fell into radio while I was at Georgia State, I'll which is damned. why I'm here in front of you. Well, I didn't know it was because of The Natural. I knew of the, yeah. you were a film guy and uh, wanted to, and, well, I didn't know it was because and of The all Natural. all because a woman shot a man in a hotel room yeah. in 1950. Now, what's the real ending? Uh, it does not, he does not get the home run. He doesn't win the game. Ah, and does he get back with the girl that he knocked up and had the kid with that he didn't know all these years? No, I don't know that. I wonder if I that was even that. in the book. No, I don't want to leave it. Uh, 2004, the sports writer select 63-year-old Bobby Cox as the National League Manager of the Year. The team had lost Greg Maddox, Gary Sheffield, Javi Lopez, and Vinny Castilla to free agency, but they won 96 games, won their 13th straight and unexpected division flag, and finished 10 games in front of the Phillies. Wow, I remember those years. They're sports. Yeah. Excellent. On this day, 1996, Dan Marino is the first quarterback in NFL history to pass for more than 50,000 yards. And he never uh, made it to the Super Bowl, did he? Yes, his first first or second year he took the Dolphins there. Oh, but he lost. I think they he didn't lost win. To, yeah, he to never, Washington, was it? And they never got back. Never got back. I, I, one of the, one of the, they say one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and he got there once early and then for 15 years never had it. Never, <laughs> apparently, oh, that's strange. 
Anyway, uh, uh, excellent. Pete, when's your next Holy Crap of Sports podcast? You been pull one off this morning or over the weekend or what's coming uh, up, you know? Excuse me? Uh, I hold didn't on. pull one off this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, ladies. <laughs> Don't get personal here. The, uh, I did it as the sun came up this morning, and I went out and sat on the porch afterwards. And you talk about it's perfect fall. It felt yeah. like winter and fall for the first time today because it was chilly and it was damp and it was about to rain. And the leaves, you know, yeah. it's a different color when it's the gray overcast sky coming up. Yeah. It's got a different the air smells the different, too. Everything yeah. everything changes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you, sir. 5.30, we got uh, a flounder funny, I think, coming up, and maybe a little uh, tweets, tweets, and some goofy stuff. And also, uh, the Christian girl says, you can't turn me Hindu, baby, even in a public school. Coming up with a carapete and flounder. And this was a secret gift to the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts. Irving Berlin gave the royalties to his song, God Bless America, to them. When Kate Smith sang this song for the first time during a special Armistice Day broadcast, it became an instant hit. Seen her, you never forget her. God bless America, my home sweet home. God bless America. Wow. Kate Smith. And if you ever saw her, I mean, uh, you just never forget it. And what a song. I mean, again, what a, it's just a, wow, what a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 539, it's Marine Corps birthday. Uh, tomorrow, Veterans Day. And I hope you would at least uh, remind your children what that day is about tomorrow. I always make a point to mention the kids to, at some point, And they always do. They always, In fact, uh, Sarah and Jennifer, Sarah's still in, doing school stuff. And she frequently will do stuff with her class while they put flags on. Uh, they'll go to cemeteries and various places and stuff. So it, 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 it's a thing you do with your family. Just at some point, have fun. It's, if it's a holiday, whatever for you, is fine. But at some point. You know, a little a little nod of thanks and uh, appreciation would be uh, much appreciated, I promise you. Uh, five, three, five, four. Here, here's uh, Glenn from, uh, is that o our O'Reilly guy? Uh, hey, Glenn, you're on the radio, man. How's it going? Welcome aboard. What's up? Well, hello. <laughs> 
Kimba. Yes, sir. What's yeah, going on? There you go. <laughs> That's the extent of my impression. Well, the there way. you go. I did, I did want to say simplify to you. Thanks for putting and posting on my Facebook page. And you guys are awesome. Well, <laughs> you're very kind. I appreciate it. I think it was it uh, Pete was stopped up to see you uh, looking for something or other a couple of months ago and uh, was quite impressed with you because you really took care of yeah. business for him. Yes, and I was impressed. He made a special trip by just to give me a book. I still want him to come by one day let me know when he's coming so he can autograph it. I forgot to have him sign it. Well, but, we'll, uh, we'll take care I, of that. I would have. I would have called you guys earlier, but my goodness, I'm still sitting in the parking lot at work. I'm like a, some kind of a celebrity here at my store. Everybody wants to come in and say hello, especially today on the Marine Corps birthday because they know I'm a Marine. And I've had so many of my customers come in and say thank you to me today. It just means a lot. Outstanding. I, I, that does mean a lot. <laughs> and uh, God bless America and Separified Jarhead, too. I mean, uh, we're all in this together. And uh, uh, welcome back to civilization, too, my friend. Thank you again. And, and uh, hoorah. Happy <laughs> yes, birthday, Marine. Yes, yes, uh, yes, sir. And tomorrow is my personal birthday. It's also oh, Veterans Day. You excellent. Know, so I get to celebrate two days in a row. A double whammy. <laughs> Outstanding. Well, hey, hey, Glenn, Glenn, I got a question for Glenn. Yeah, Glenn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Glenn, tell tell Kimmer where you keep my book. Uh, okay, you asked for it. I keep it in a little straw basket or a wicker basket at the foot of my toilet so I can read it. <laughs> well, you need something to do in there. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, Semper Fi, Glenn. Have a great day, man, and happy birthday. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, 541 with a kid. Hey, we got to, it's not breaking news, but a few hours ago, Donald Trump said, yeah, I'm open to having Tucker Carlson as my running mate. He did. Uh, he was asked that a, some time ago when he was on the show before us with Clay and the guys. Uh, and he kind of whiffle off it a little, but he actually doubt, said that he's on the list. Seriously, you think? He said he'd be open to it. I'll be damned. Yeah, but do you think Tucker would be open to it? I can't imagine why he, Tucker I don't Carlson, think he wants to go into politics. No, I can't imagine. But I don't think he wants to be in an office to, no. doing with policy and going on ribbon, right. yeah, ribbon exactly. cuttings and traveling around the world, you know, talking to diplomats about something that makes no difference to anything. I, I got, the vice president's got to be the worst job in the world, unless you're like an ambassador. You just feel like going to parties and doing stuff. And I mean, you, it's got to be a serious job, but you have, you're also the president of the Senate, so it's not like you can't be stupid and you have to I know what's going on. Oh, hell, I would, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be 300 pounds after a well, year. Well, I, 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 I'll bet you I wouldn't be alone. <laughs> I'll bet you I'd have a girl want to sit next to me in the car with her arm around my neck while I had my hand on her knee while she's giving me sweet kisses on the cheek and calling me baby. I'll bet you that would be happening if I were vice president of the United States. <laughs> Anyway, uh, five, but she, Christine's going to be kissing me on the cheek on my ride home in, in uh, half an hour or so, so everything's going to be fine. Uh, Marine Corps birthday, uh, when it absolutely positively has to be destroyed overnight. U.S. Marines, don't forget, who you fight what you fear. Uh, anyway, um, uh, God bless me. Oh, by the way, I got some really nice comments. I got into my Marine Corps uniform, put it on uh, some pictures on Facebook, and, um, uh, and thank you. So I got some really nice reactions to it. Most I'm amazed that, I, you know, it was 1969 when I last was able to button that uniform. 
or even have it on to button it up. You even tried to button it up. I had it on some time ago just to see it. But uh, anyway, so I thought that was uh, that was fairly amazing. <laughs> and there's a couple people. Yeah, the belts. I got a couple things missing from it. If you're a Marine, you look at the uniform. You can see it's not. Uh, uh, some other things that you should be on it are somewhere in a box in the basement someplace, I think. So it's no big deal. But anyway, it was uh, it's Marine Corps birthday, and uh, I salute you and all, everybody who served, anybody in any Marine team. Uh, a f- a five, f- a 44. We got a Flounder's Funnies. We one more of those left in there somewhere? What's that? I, I'm sorry. He's, he's, he's got so many. He's got nine duties in there. I just wonder. I want to talk about this little girl uh, uh, who, who uh, had to fight her school because they wanted to try to change her from Christian to Hindu or something. And I didn't know whether at some point we may have a, a Flounder's Funny. I didn't want to over. Yes, we do. I, well, well, I'll tell you what. We'll do it in the next segment. we got a break here for a second. Uh, but just a quick word. Uh, a, a former Christian student at a Chicago public school. Mariah Green won $150,000 in a lawsuit suing because they tried to twick her, a tri- to twi- trick her in what they called meditation quiet time into basically becoming a Hindu Zen um, idol worshiper. And she said, now hold on a second. The woman teaching the meditation said it would help her internalize mantras, bring her to Zen. Uh, and she says, they were trying to force me into idol worship. She says, I'm in school. Why are we learning to meditate like that? I knew it wasn't right. She went home and told her parents. They said, now hold a second. They wanted her to kneel uh, to, a, to a, a fake god. Um, let's see, they had uh, compelling rituals, violated her deeply held religious beliefs, terminated the program eventually. Uh, the program had um, informed the mantras were meaningless words, but then she found out they were actually the names of Hindu gods. The students were informed uh, to not to tell their parents about the mantras. If it got out, it wouldn't be very effective. The picture, the students were shown picture of a guru or a guru and were asked to bow to it during a puja ceremony. She says, forget it. I'm Christian. I'm not a freaking Hindu. And she sued and won $150,000, this high school girl in Chicago, at a public school. Public forced education camps, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 546 with a Kim Repeat and Flounder. God, it's only me. It's only the camera. Got a couple of phone calls and getting us to close in time here on the Marine Corps birthday, 551. Somebody's gonna hurt someone. It's the Eagles. Before the night is they went to number one. Somebody's gonna come uh, this day in 1979. We with Heartache Tonight, their fifth and final U.S. Everybody number one. They still, I think, until recently, they still may be the best-selling album band of all time. I think maybe. Uh, combined, I think Hotel California is up there. Yeah. Some, one of them. Or their their best of kind of. Or they have some. There's some kind of record. I know that they may have sold even more than Elvis or Michael Jackson or anybody else. Uh, who are the big? Who are the big, the biggest? Uh, would the be, would the be the Beatles and the uh, Eagles be the biggest? Uh, Michael, Jackson, Michael Jackson, Thriller, yeah, Pink Floyd. Uh, the Wall or uh, Shining Your Crazy Diamond. Yeah. Anyway, Eagles, number one with their last number one hit, 1979 on this day. Uh, a couple of phone calls. Hold on, you guys, one second. Uh, birthdays include, oh, here we go. <clears throat> 
The uh, lovely and uh, kinky Mackenzie Phillips, 64 today. Mackenzie was Barb Denning on Orange is the New Black. Julia, uh, Julie, rather, on One Day at a Time. Uh, she's uh, the daughter of John Phillips from the Mamas and the Papas. That's her daddy. And, uh, of course, a former uh, part-time girlfriend of uh, Mick Jagger after he apparently was... Locking her in the locking her father out of the house, so she's banging on the door, and he's apparently having his way with Mackenzie. Uh, she was also in uh, in American Graffiti, allegedly. allegedly American Graffiti with Harrison Ford, and in, in, uh, riding his car, and he gave her the little stick shift thing. I think I, I, I'm sure that was that was the movie. Anyway, uh, Mackenzie Phillips is 64 years old, and a quick history thing on this day, uh, uh, 1956. No more operator, give me this number. Direct dial, coast to coast, began on this day in 56. Phone service started when Mayor Leslie Denning of Englewood, New Jersey, called his counterpart in Alameda, California. Remember party lines? Or, uh, Siri, get me to get me over to jail, would you? <laughs> Ringy, ringy. <laughs> we, I, our family never had a party line, but I had friends who did. And when you wanted to make a phone call in your home, you'd pick up the black uh, telephone receiver and you'd listen first to see if anybody w- was talking already. And if they were, then you hung up until they were. Then you keep trying to see when they were done. And once in a while, if you had to do something, you'd say, uh, "Hi, I'm sorry, it's so and so, and I really have to make a call." And then you would try to arrange when they would call back or whatever. I mean, that's where that, you had a party line. It was cheaper than a regular line, and you had to share it. And and then at 56, you could actually start dialing across the country. Look how things have changed in 50 years or 70 years now or whatever. Anyway, uh, so you got uh, 553, to the 554, sorry, to the phones. Uh, let's see. Steve, Steve, you're on the radio. How's it going, man? What's up? Uh, happy birthday to the Marine Corps, uh, Kimmer. Um, I have a quick little story for you. I work for them as a contractor in a facility where we got these armored, heavily armored uh, trucks and vehicles, and we would put all the equipment in them uh-huh. and then ship them over to the Middle East. But we had a truck that went to the Pentagon uh, for to, and was put on display. And after the truck came back to the uh, factory, we, uh, you know, had to look it over and make sure it was okay. And I, uh-huh. I was not aware of it being back in the factory, and somebody in the back said, hey, yeah, this truck had some graffiti on it, Steve, and uh, the head guy here told us to spray it over and cover it up. And I said, well, that's interesting. Uh, I said, that was a truck in Washington, wasn't it? And they said, yeah. And they said, uh, even though we're not supposed to take pictures with our cell phones in here, we got a picture of it. I said, oh, crap. So I looked at the picture, you know, and did a little research. And so I got them to send me the picture, and I went up to the front, and I said, hey, uh, take a look at this picture. I said, this is a vehicle that you had them uh, spray over the graffiti, right? And he says, yeah. He says, we can't have any, you know, damn graffiti on the vehicles. That's that's not appropriate. We can't do that. Yeah. So I said, well, um, did you think about what, what this was? And I said, do you see uh, CJCS uh, on here? And he says, yeah, so what? And I said, and I said, it says Semper Fi on it. And he says, yeah, it says Semper Fi. He was in the army. Yeah. But uh, he says, yeah. And I, he says, what about it? I said, well, what does CJCS mean to you? And he says, nothing. And I said, how about Chairman Joint Chiefs of Staff? <laughs> and so I said, you see this signature here? I said, this is Peter Page. Does that name ring a bell with you? 
And he says, oh, S-H-I-T, what are we going to do now? True story. He so painted to over the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Yes, he had autographed the vehicle. Oh, man. And so I went to I went to Home Depot and bought some Scotch-Brite pads and some goof-off. Oh, and two or three of us worked on this thing like we were restoring an airplane in the Smithsonian. Oh, man. And we got all of the paint off of there and got it back down. To where you couldn't tell it had been sprayed over. I'll be damned. So, Steve, you're a great story. American. Uh, Semper five, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks. Have a great one and have a great weekend. Uh, Veterans Day tomorrow, too. Thanks, Steve. 557. It's uh, Ghost Hunter Joel's on there. Going to be help us close out the program today. Hello, Ghost Hunter Joel. How's it going? What's up with you? Have you seen any ghosts lately? Uh, no ghosts lately, but I just want to thank you, Cameron. Uh, for your service and uh, happy birthday to all the Marines out there. My father was a Marine. When I was in there, I told uh, you, Pete and Flounder, about my father, who was a Marine and ran the uh, the range at Quantico back yeah. in the early '60s. Yeah. And my father always told me that uh, November 11th was considered a holiday, <laughs> so the Marines could sober up for a day. <laughs> Yeah, your old man was right. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's, uh, well, how long was he in for a long time? Or was he a lifer? Or uh, uh, when did he serve? No, no, he wasn't. He was only in. I, I think it was for about four years. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was uh, discharged about nine months before his uh, battalion was sent to, to Vietnam, and the guy who took his place did not make it home. Wow. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Well, uh, God bless America. Uh, that that person who didn't make it is right now guarding heaven's gate. I promise right. you, Ghost Hunter Joel. Uh, yeah, and, and and every military veteran out there is like I, I, I work with several of them. I, they were off today except for one, and I told him thank I thanked him for his service, and I was in tears when I did it, like just like I am right now. Well, thank you, Joel. Semper Fi, my friend, and uh, Oorah. God bless America. I appreciate it. Of uh, almost five fifty nine, Mad Dog Mattis uh, worked for the administration under Donald Trump for a while, and that didn't work out too well. But he was—he's called Mad Dog Mattis. He's a General James Mattis, actually, Marine Corps, forty-one years of service, and he—he uh, he put it in writing this way when he talked to the Iraqi leadership. He said, "I come in peace. I did not bring artillery, but I'm pleading with you with tears in my eyes." If you screw with me, I'll kill you all. <laughs> Sorry, I hate to end on a little comedy bit there, if you don't mind. Anyway, you know, really, it's great. You know, God bless America. Once a Marine, always a Marine. And, uh, again, that's just the way it goes, baby. Anyway, ooh, Semper Fi, Christine, I'm coming, darling. Fire up the car. I got to go or kill me. Boys, have a great weekend. Hi to Veronica, Pete and Flounder. See you on a Monday. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money 
are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Ballou here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car-buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. 